Hey there! Welcome to the second slightly belated Randomer Nintendo. I'm Jason. I got two co-hosts with me. We have Angel. Do you say Angel. cute or two? What? It's not. It's not like you said cute. Like am I oh, cute it's, it's gonna be a cute show, guys. It's gonna be so cute. It's gonna be to- totes adorbs. But yeah, Angel also is the second. Cute, so. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we have Angel on one side. And we have Kevin. Now I need to give you a compliment. Okay, we have cute Angel and handsome Kevin hey. as the two co-hosts. Yeah, how are you guys doing? Wow, I've I've moved from naive Angel in the first episode to cute Angel. Yeah, I wonder what I'll be. Yeah, next. every 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 single one we gotta give you a new uh, modifier on your name. Yeah, new adjective. I'm up for it. Well, well, I'm doing fine. Um, it don't think I've ever verbalized this to the podcast. Maybe, maybe. Well. Podcast does know that we have Rhythm Heaven Arcade Machine. Um, Jason's played it. I don't know if Jason's talked about that yet. We um, Well, you talked about it on the old normal random Nintendo back when you first got it, I think. Um, it's a grand old yeah. time. That's my my addition to your original impressions. Yeah, there's this, this footage of Jason playing it. Sucking um, it, per usual, with any game. I, your words. My um, words. <laughs> The <laughs> well, point is, um, you know, after a long time, my brother and I finally made some pretty significant headway. After enough time, in our remodeling. I hate, I hate rhythm heaven. <laughs> oh, it's right. so fun, but I'm so bad at it. That's the thing. I just have no rhythm. No, I was joking. <laughs> I was joking. Like after, like oh, kind of like oh, you were going oh, to go oh, the oh, yeah, yeah, after, yeah, after yeah, thinking about time it, in rhythm and... heaven sucks. <laughs> Three thousand oh, dollars later. You were no, sure. no, 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 no. Rhythm heaven's great. No, it just sounded like. You were gonna say. I think I was going in that I'm direction. <laughs> yeah, like you know what? My what I consider my favorite franchise, garbage. That's <laughs> complete done. trash. Um, yeah, Killed my dog, right? Um. Well, point is, yeah, like you know, we finally started actually like we just kind of forced our way through remodeling the garage. Like we just stopped kind of waiting for some things, just because we kind of had to, thanks to in part to Comic Con, but. Yeah, like we've actually gotten it to a point where the Rhythm Heaven Marquee Machine is now always basically on display and basically always easily accessible and ready to play, as well as our finally built and installed Ninja Turtle Arcade Machine, which is a one-up arcade machine. If you guys don't know what those are, those are like basically scaled-down versions of full-size arcade machines for the home. So... Are those the ones that they sell like at, uh, Best Buy? Yeah, like Walmart and Best yeah. Buy and that kind of stuff. And Target. Shout out to Target. Target and Target. they're literally and they're literally the same arcade machine, just scaled down. Like they just like grabbed it in the corner and just like dragged the mouse, just to scale it down a little. <laughs> but so when you just build it, and we had to, and it was a build. Like I was not wait, expecting... you build the one up machine, the arcade one. I, I thought they were just made cool. like. I, that's what I thought too. Oh. Or I thought they were going to be mostly made, but it was like IKEA gave it to you. It was like oh, so many no. panels, like connect wire X to wire B, and yeah, there was a lot of screwing. Um, good thing we have an electric screwdriver, so that kind of helped. But yeah, like once you build the whole thing, it's like oh, it's like comfortable enough for maybe like a ten year old to like play it. But it does come with like a riser so that you can make it essentially as tall as a normal arcade machine would be. And even though the screen is definitely on the smaller side, it's maybe like a 20-inch screen. Um, it looks really good. And damn, like turning it on and hearing the Ninja Turtle theme song play, 
And the fact that we have it in a nice, like, against the wall. It's basically where the TV used to be, which I know both of you should have a frame which of reference Which is great that. information for us two and of zero use to anyone else <laughs> listening. <laughs> yeah, the TV is now on a different wall. And on that wall, it's now just the arcade machine and, like, some oh, display crazy. cases. Well, That's, I've never thought of you pivoting the room like that. That's I, For those listening, so set the scene here, Lil. That garage and that bedroom attached to it have gone through multiple evolutions in the 10-plus years since college ended for That's us. That's right. It used to actually and be a garage when we actually recorded the first It used to be a real garage. Podcast. We once had uh, Nintendo, as we've talked about around Nintendo, we once had Nintendo bring Mario and Luigi full costume characters to this garage in peak cluttered garage form um, for a Mario Party party that angel one with some help from me writing the tweet um and it's been through many iterations since and i've slowly turned it from less of a garage into more of a hangout like a man cave if you will but you've never ever taken the tv out of the spots currently and it's always been against that wall so this is a very big deal that very few people out there will appreciate the the gravitas of that you actually pivoted the room it's gonna be it's weird easy. going to your to your place now yeah it's it gonna be like kind of nice because it feels like land because the TV is now on, you know, the longer of the walls, it feels much more ample. No, that's yeah, cool. I don't know. It's it's nice. It's it, it feels less cluttered. Uh, well, now the challenge is going to be which makes sense for yeah, the last. It was, it was the size of the wall, <laughs> and so not only that, sense. but like for the last year, it was Elvis's workshop. That's true. Oh yeah, yeah. and those. Uh, speaking of which, those uh, Satan heads, um, they're going to be picked up tomorrow. Okay, context again for the broader listener. Uh, Elvis is not a Satan worshiper, at least not publicly, but he uh, is sculpting. (laughs) How do you go about getting multiple Satan heads? Well, he – so Elvis, for those who don't know, he's been – I mean everyone knows who Elvis is that listens. But he uh, did this cool thing with the Binding of Isaac guys where he is actually sculpting the – correct me if I'm wrong on this, but basically sculpting one of the tiers of prizes for a Kickstarter for Binding of Isaac physical card game or something like that, right? Yeah, Four Souls. Two different tiers. So he, uh, all the Satan heads that the folks that did the highest tiers got, uh, they were handcrafted by Elvis for the past year. And that room, yeah, has been his studio, if you will. Yeah, there was such a long period of time where we just couldn't really have anyone over because all the the head sculpts were just on the table that we used to use, you know, to eat on or yeah, and drink you know, some COVID, or whatever. But also, Satan heads stop people. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so so that feels nice. I mean, literally right after this, I have to go back and clean some stuff up. We're pretty much throwing stuff away and cleaning. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's how I've been. Things have been things have been good. It's nice to finally use that Ninja Turtle. Actually, we're not even going to use it. We're probably just going to leave it on and put the volume down because, as you know, it's that is from the area where we weren't the biggest fans of the beat 'em up. I guess, especially the turtles ones. We just love it that it's turtles, so it's going to be more of like a, a show it's piece. just on there for show. On top of the fact that, you know, we do have the modern Ninja Turtle arcade game, plus all these games are going to be in the Kawabunga collection later this year, so we'll play them on a huge TV. Like, unless someone really wants it for the novelty, like, you know, you could play, it does have four arcade sticks and buttons, four sets of buttons, so you can do four players on it, but, oh my god, that's going to be so cramped, but I'm sure we can make it work. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's how I've been. What about you, Kevin? Kevin? What multi-hundred dollar arcade machine did you buy, and what room did you spend 90 degrees? So I haven't done any of that. Uh, last <laughs> last week, we went to uh, Comic-Con, and yes. today, 
I finally unpacked everything. I haven't even done that yet. Yeah, I still have my stuff in bags. Yeah, I unpacked everything. I I uh, hung up everything that I didn't wear, which was a lot. I think I... Uh, these... Uh, I So I went to Orlando last month, and I overpacked then. And I thought for this uh, for this trip to Comic Con, like, you know, I'll keep it light. I definitely kept it more light than I did Orlando, but I still didn't use like half the clothes that I brought over. So I did that and I did my laundry for like for everything that I did wear. So that was it today. But um, no, I didn't spend uh, money on a arcade cabinet. But I am thinking of. I mean, I spent that money last year. This is <laughs> Are the, only uh, saying it now, so as far as the other end of this recording is concerned, you just spent it. No, but I am thinking... Uh, the worst part is that those are like $200 cheaper now. <laughs> so with, I could have technically waited. No, no, no. no the Rhythm one's still like hard to find. The Ninja Turtle uh, Because they, gotcha. they bought that when it came out for I think it was like six ninety nine, And they... I think they're at Best Buy now for like five ninety nine or something. I feel like our like one up in general, there's been some that haven't performed super well that they've dropped the price. There's some that are really popular, but they're relatively speaking, but there's some that definitely have underperformed. So yeah, if it's one of those things that unless you know you're gonna set up day one, my advice with that whole line of arcade machines is just wait till the moment you know you want it. Like to actually have it active because you will probably see a price drop. Yeah. That I don't know. It, it, it's it's a 50-50 because it's really hard to tell. Because like, I mean, it won't go Ninja up Turtles in price. Are... No, 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 no. I mean, whether they're available, because some are really hard oh, to find, sure, sure, or you sure. just can't That's find them fair. anymore. Right. Because, like, cause, you know, Ninja Turtle Arcade Machine, it's like, when it, anyone, anyone talks beat-em-ups, especially of that, right, it's always Ninja Turtles or The Simpsons. Basically, Konami was a king. So you think, like, oh, those are going to be the ones that sell out. I'm not going to risk it. Right. That's sure fair. enough, they're there. That's But, fair. you know, like, and then Street Fighter that I'm like, oh, my God, they have, like, a bajillion version of Street Fighter. Like, who's going to get that one? They probably have, like, eight versions at home. And that's the one that's like hard to find everywhere. So, I have to imagine it's I guess easier to say you're a Street Fighter collector and buy every Street Fighter than it is to be like I'm gonna buy <laughs> one Ninja Turtle and you know what I mean. Like if someone's collecting, they're collecting. So yeah, I guess um you know just use caution if you're if it's something that you really really want, just get it. But if you're like this could be nice in my place, then you might as well wait until. But yeah, but speaking of, of gang things, I feel like Kevin, we we cut you off. Yeah, you were starting to say you're gang something. No, I will. I so about a month ago, uh, I built my first custom keyboard. Um, mm-hmm. oh, the one with the knob. Yeah, the one with the knob. Yeah, and tomorrow the same company is going to do a drop of the same keyboard, but in different colorways. So I'm thinking about picking another one up and using one for uh, work. So real quick, yeah, more content. I think my role today is context guy. So real quick, by tomorrow, Kevin means um, Tuesday because we're recording this belated episode on a Monday night. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, it already dropped. Sucks to be you. But if you're listening to this on Tuesday, you may still have a chance. Yeah. Continue. Still may have a chance. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is the Mellatrix Zoom 65. Uh, it's a 65% keyboard, or I think it's just a 60% keyboard. Um, I really love small keyboards. Uh it's not. This thing is not necessarily portable because it weighs a ton. It's very, very heavy. Not about the size. It's not about the size. It's about the weight. Correct. Um, no, but I I just like smaller keyboards, and I had tons of fun building this keyboard. It's essentially what I did is is there was this. Uh, well, the the name of the board is is the uh, Zoom sixty five, and there's a specific version that came with um, you know the the PCB, the case. 
uh, switches and uh, keycaps. And I didn't really care for the switches or the keycaps, so I went ahead and bought my own and then put the uh, the entire thing together. And I love how much it – I love how it sounds. I love the keycaps. I used uh, – I think these are called the GMK Red Samurais, which are red keycaps with yellow uh, – uh, with a yellow font, but under each uh, letter is uh, is a uh, hiragana character. So that's where the samurai part comes in. Just a just a little. I was about piece. to ask. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I can't actually type in hiragana with them. Uh, I'm sure there there's probably like some keyboard plugin that that you can buy, or you could just download off like. Windows or, or GitHub or, or something like that where you can actually type with Hiragana and I could probably map those characters onto the keyboard. But regardless, I just think it looks really cool. And yeah, I'm thinking about taking a plunge. It's a very expensive hobby as well. Like this thing is not cheap. Well, for the whole thing, it was $200, but that comes with its keycaps and the switches. And since I am just using the board and the case, I have to buy switches and keycaps and Keycaps are not cheap, let me tell you. The set of keycaps that I bought ran me like $90. Wow. Um, and then depending on what kind of uh, switch you want, those can also run you a pretty penny. The switches that I got are called uh, Gateron Yellow Milky Pros. And they're very, very inexpensive. But they have a great feel and a great sound to them that I love so dearly. And I'm like... I'm debating whether I want to use them again or, you know, uh, broaden my horizon with, like, a different uh, type of switch. But I just love how they sound. So that's current, my current uh, internal struggle for this. But, uh, yeah, aside from that, I've just been chilling, been, uh, been working a lot, <laughs> and been playing on my Steam Deck. Man, that thing is still still surprising me. Every, every single game that I throw at it surprised me with its performance is great. I bet you. Um, one of the things that kind of surprised me at Comic Con, so when we were sh- the, us and Elvis and a few others shared a hotel at Comic Con, and I think we had a more more Steam decks per capita in that hotel room than anywhere else in the world. There are two oh, yeah, Steam probably. decks out of four people. Like that's I know they're increasing production now, but like if you said that in like February, like we had two Steam decks among four people, that would have been crazy, unheard of. So yeah, yeah and two switches. Yes, and two switches. We were very even, very even. Three switches, because uh, I think Nigel had his. Oh yeah, yeah, three switches. Yeah, that's true. Let's talk about that hotel. Should we? Should we get into? Uh, or Jason, yeah, well, let, let's let's been, real quick, been, Jason. Let, let, oh, we, I've been we good. Need to talk about you. Let's uh, talk no, about. No, I guess we do have to ask. I've been great. And then we'll talk I've been. I've been running all over the place. I feel like um, I've been on different trips these last few weeks, which have been super fun. So you guys are spending money on like tangible things. I was having like ephemeral experiences basically so i was in tahoe the week before comic-con that was nice hanging out by the lake comic-con which was well that's the whole the whole episode it's like a convention's worth of conversation if you will yeah, you episode, so I love that. yeah then i went to utah which i just got back from and that is why we're recording late actually because the timing didn't work out um and yeah in utah i discovered that there is this creature which i didn't know existed called the marmot as in the clothing brand, which I thought was a made-up word, but nope, it is a creature. And these creatures are basically real-life Bidoofs. They live in, they build these, like, not dams, but these, like, stick hut structures that they stay in in when it's hot out. And they crawl around them, and they're on all fours. They can sit on their back legs like beavers, but they're kind of on all fours, and they are the color and shape and have the black nose of Bidoofs. 
and it was quite possibly the most amazing discovery I've made in the last few years is that Bidoofs are real to a degree. They don't look as doofusy. Nothing will top the doofusness of Bidoof, but they were real life Bidoofs. And I was once I saw one from afar, I was like, oh, I have to try and get to go on up close to get like a picture. So I full on went like full Pokemon trainer, full Todd Snap and Pokemon Snap, whatever you want to call it. And I took a bike out into a field and I parked it behind a tree and then I waded through some tall grass very slowly to get close to get the photo, which is subpar. You can see it on my Twitter, uh, at JSR7. But um, yeah, no, I spent like 30 minutes like catching a Bidoof, quote unquote. Um, and now I know what it's like to be the very best there ever was and be a Pokemon trainer. And it was great. That's what I've been up to, short and sweet. But yeah, we should talk about Comic-Con because that was a big thing that all of us were up to and was probably, among all my trips, uh, that was probably, the, that was certainly the longest trip and the most um, sensory overload of the trips. So that feels like a good place to start um, with the hotel, as you were saying, Kevin, because yeah, that was that was an interesting hotel. Yeah, so we stayed at the Four Points Sheridan? Sheridan, Four Correct, Points, sir. whatever. Four Points Sheridan, downtown San Diego, because there are two or three of them in San Diego, so you need to specify. This one, this one was specifically yeah. the little... No, Tokyo? this wasn't. This was just no, downtown. The little Italy oh, so one was a different one, like 0.8 miles away, that looked not as strangely shaped. <laughs> yeah, so this thing yeah. was just a round, like, cylinder. And mm-hmm. first of all, let, let's talk about getting there. Getting there... <laughs> oh man, are we, are we going there? Are we doing this? Are I mean, we yeah, this? we okay. I, I, we have to. Now, now that I remember it, yeah, we, we got to talk about this. So the the plan was, <laughs> I am the last person getting picked up. I oh, am getting hilarious. picked up at my house at twelve thirty. So that didn't happen because I got called into a last second meeting at work, mm-hmm. and so after that meeting, I hauled ass home. I think I got picked up at around. 150 correct almost so, to the minute, somewhere yes yeah so and i felt terrible. by me i felt no, yeah, i felt terrible no. i felt super bad because i i had told my boss hey i want to get out of here by 12 so i can get home my buddies are going to pick me up at 12 30 and you know we get to san diego it's from where we live it's only about a two-hour drive with no mm-hmm. traffic uh like eh, some traffic here and there but it's about a two-hour drive yeah it's roughly two yeah yeah so I get picked up at 150. I feel terrible. I I delayed these guys mm-hmm. by about an hour, uh, an hour and some change, and I was feeling terrible. All and we're trying way... to reassure you it's not a big deal, to be clear. Like, yes, you know, we weren't yes, like, you they... suck. We're, we're just, I'm saying suck a lot of stuff, so, but we weren't like, you're the worst guy. And we're just like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and thank you for that. But, like, I still felt yeah. really bad. Like, the entire time I was like, man, I can't believe. I was like, oh, that last second meeting was such a such a pain. Um. But then I remembered, so uh, what's the company behind Comic-Con? Is it just like it's Comic-Con, Comic-Con International? Like Comic-Con, yeah, it's CCI, I believe, is the acronym for the company. Yeah, yeah so probably International or Inc., whatever. Yeah, I Anyways. think literally that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Com- Comic-Con International say, ships right? you out your badges, so you don't necessarily have to go to the convention floor to pick up a badge. They ship them out to you, which is pretty convenient. Um, So I remember having my badge and thinking – or I wasn't sure if they had shipped out lanyards to us because they just ship you out the little plastic holder and the, I don't what do you want to call them, tickets? or Like the paper insert. The, yeah, the paper insert, yeah. the paper <laughs> And insert. the RFID chip on it to scan, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I wasn't sure if it had if it came with a lanyard or not because I remember the first year that I went to Comic-Con, it, it came with a lanyard. 
So it also as it's a fancy pin in a fancy box, but they had oh, to cut yeah. costs because of COVID. I mean, they had to cut costs because of COVID so bad that like there was no carpet on the show floor this year, and in past years they always had carpet. But anyway, oh really? Story. Oh yeah, in past years they had. I, I forgot about, it, but I, I saw someone point it out, and I was like, oh yeah, that's true. It was thin carpet, but it did help a little, and it wasn't. Oh bad. yeah, whenever we passed by a carpet area, it felt really nice. Anyways, Square Enix best carpet in the game. Yeah. Um. Anyways, <laughs> so I bring out my badge and I ask these guys. Hey, did they ship out a a lanyard because I don't have one? And immediately Jason says, <laughs> "Oh my god, I forgot my badge at home." Yep. Now, to to add a little again cuz my job this episode is Mr. Context, to have some context. I live about 20 miles from the two of you. Um I'm up in West LA a bit more over by Century City and um I drove to angels we hung out waiting for you so i was there for over an hour the drive back and forth is like 40 minutes with no traffic or like 30 minutes no traffic up to an hour with traffic so even if i remembered the badge sooner i could have gone back and come back and still been there before you were ready but no i completely forgot i don't know how that's i rarely forget stuff like that i was so mad at myself yeah but yes. i honestly still can't really believe that that happened because it's jason I mean, yeah, it. I, I don't, don't know understand. if that's supposed I'm going to chalk it up. Dig, but... I think it was a compliment. That's what I'm choosing to interpret it. <laughs> but, yeah, let's go with that. But uh, yeah, let's go with that. No, yeah, but I, um, yeah, I never forget stuff like that. But I, you know, the week before I was on a trip and I didn't even pack a badge. The week after I'm on a trip, don't need to pack a badge. So I was just packing how I just packed a week prior because I'm not used to traveling anymore. You know, pandemic times. How, how you travel these days? So it didn't even cross my mind. I need the badge. And I had it readily available in a drawer. I just didn't think of it. And then, yeah, when you said it, I was like, oh, my God. So then we had to go back up to, you know, like where I live, 20 miles the wrong way. At that point, everyone's like, oh, we're kind of hungry, too. So I, like, dropped you guys off, get food, went to get the badge, came back. And we should have left at, like, 1230 and got to San Diego at, like, 3. We left L.A. at, like, 3-something and got to San Diego at, like, 6-something. We were stuck in L.A. for, like, 45 minutes of yeah. the drive. Yeah. Maybe an hour. Yeah. Wait, and... We passed a four-point hotel like three times? Yeah, we passed one going down through Orange County. We passed one here in LA. We passed a number of them. And uh, we kept making the same joke like, oh, there's our hotel. We're already here, except we really weren't there. And it was sad. But you would think that that rough of a start for Concord, like being that many hours late. Luckily, we have nothing we have to do that Wednesday night. Fortunately, we didn't have preview night. There are no ticketed things we had. So it wasn't mm-hmm. the end of the world. But you would think that chaotic of a start for Comic-Con would set a really frenzied tone for the whole week. Like, everything's just going to be... But I I have to admit, like, that felt like one of the, like, chillest, most laid-back Comic-Cons I think we've gone to collectively. Even though going down is probably the most hectic, ridiculous time sucks of a commute that we've had. But... Yeah, but you want to talk about the hotel, though. Oh, yeah. So, so, so we get to the hotel... And, you know, check-in process is your check-in process. Then comes – oh, first of all, this hotel, you don't get a free parking. You have to pay for parking. Even though you're staying at the hotel and you check in, you still have to pay for parking. And that's and was, sadly a common thing, but it's still s- strange. Yeah. Is that now just happening just at all times? Oh, now? lots of hotels do it all over the place. Yeah. I So, like, let's say what, – what's if somebody were to stay at the Marriott, would mm-hmm. they be – you think that they would charge you for parking? Uh, it depends. 
it depends on the situation. If they have a limited number of spots, yes. If they're a giant open parking lot in the middle of like Iowa, maybe not. Uh, but uh-huh, um, like uh-huh. New York hotels trying to par- charge parking, the ones here in LA charge parking, like a lot of them, like it's not that uncommon. Sure. Okay. Well, regardless, we had to pay for parking, and then we get to the parking, and there is <laughs> there is no parking. There is no space to even turn a car. Jason miraculously found a spot that he could fit in. But we did circles in that parking lot. We did at least like three, three rotations. And, when and you it's say not circles, a, it's, it's not a literally big circle. circles. They're literally circles because the building and the lot are a circle. So it's not like oh we're just circling. It's literally the shape of the building that we're going. Yeah, in. exactly. And it yeah. wasn't even that big of a circle, but it, it was no. just we were flabbergasted by the lack of parking options. Turns out they have more parking, and we didn't figure more that circles out until... on more levels. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um. But yeah, so little, that was the hotel room. A little history lesson real quick about that hotel. So you may be thinking out there, listener, again, what's with all my context today? You may be thinking out there, gee, I've seen a circular hotel. And you'd be correct because those circle hotels that look like kind of corn on the cob, um, that was a Holiday Inn. I don't know why I know this. That was a Holiday Inn staple. So when Holiday Inn at some point, maybe in the 60s or 70s, was doing a lot of new buildings, all of them would be these corn on the cob looking circles or these cylinders next to freeways. So there's actually one in L.A. that's the same shape and is still a Holiday Inn. Right off Sunset Boulevard by the Getty Museum on the 405. Um, but yeah, that used to be kind of like their signature thing. So the reason we were in this weird circle, it was once upon a time, a Holiday Inn that has since been remodeled and probably whoever owns the hotel realigned with a different franchise with Sheridan, obviously. Um, but yeah, that's why it was a circle. And I think they're all kind of cookie cutters. There are these weird tube hotels like all over the country, probably. Yeah. The more you and, know. Uh... Yeah, but the location of the hotel, pretty freaking nice. Mm-hmm. It was a 20-minute walk and a five-minute uh, scooter ride. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. That's the most I've ever used, Lime scooters. Um, we used to stay – again, context. We used to stay in past concons in Hotel Circle South, which was a 20-minute bus ride away. And they had free shuttles, but still you had to like really plan if you're going to bring stuff back, if you want to go get a change of clothes, if you're going out that night, whatever. This was just like, oh, we're just going to go to the hotel for a few minutes. It was amazing. It was like a game changer. It probably gave helped give some of the chill vibe of the show this year just because we could just like go and come back, and it was not a big deal. It was really nice. Yeah, so that was the hotel room. Now yep. the actual convention. How did you guys? So this was my first Comic-Con where I didn't only have Sunday as the day because – I believe when when was it where they shut down? Was it twenty twenty? Oh yeah 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 it was twenty 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 twenty. So I didn't go to twenty nineteen, but I went to uh, twenty eighteen and I only had Sunday. Um, and so even mm-hmm. on Sunday it was pretty packed. You guys yeah. have pretty much been going all four days for the last decade, for the last decade, <laughs> which is insane to say out loud. Angel, we're getting old. Um, yeah, we've been going not for even a decade. Yeah, no, even. Very even. But yeah, we've been going for a decade. Um, I'm actually curious, Kevin, since this is your first full show, what did you think? And then we can contrast it with what we've experienced in the past. So one of the big things that, that like, hit me was the fact that I was actually able to move through the exhibit floor. Yeah. And I was I was uh, talking to Elvis about this. I'm like, I was telling him, huh, this isn't so bad. And then he told me, yeah, it's usually way more packed than that. Mm-hmm. That's accurate. 
it I think again the whole like chill vibe that I was saying like the kind of like laid back thing yeah I would say because so CONCON sold out going into 2020 and then instead of just canceling all the badges they rolled them over for anyone who wanted them every time they canceled because of COVID so for 2022 what they did is they had it sold out but then anyone that needed to return of which even in our group of six two people did you know two out of six a third of our group did so I imagine a lot of other people also return because you know two years going on three years is a lot, a lot can change in your life about whether you can go to a convention or not or if you have other obligations so that led to some people not going I know there's still because of the BA5 variant some concerns there about you know not why I go to what could be a super spreader fortunately I don't think any of us got sick but I do know that like a couple booths um, I'm trying to remember which one but one booth the entire staff was out with COVID like two days after the show um, so it was a bit of a gamble but yeah because of all those reasons I would guesstimate – I mean, Angel, what would you say? I would guesstimate it was like maybe 15 20 percent fewer people than usual just everywhere in the gas lamp, in the convention, outside. Like it did feel a little lighter, didn't it? Yeah, 15 percent feels about right because I would still say that like there were still plenty of places where it still felt as crowded as normal Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as spread out obviously but like – there were certain rooms, there were certain areas that you walked through where you're like, oh, yeah, this is the Comic-Con crowd. This is like sardine, pack sardines until, you know, you finally get into the open space and then everyone sp- like disperses. Yeah. Mattel was, like, was guilty of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. That's true, too. Like, depending on the booth, too. Like, some were, mm-hmm. you know, some are always packed. Um, it feels like Sideshow is always that packed. Not that it's really packed, but, you know, Sideshow is a company that makes high-end figures and statues and it's a great place just to kind of chill and walk around and look at some really cool things that you feel like you're just never going to buy but yeah usually that I, place is a little more crowded this time it was i do good. feel it worked to our advantage um it definitely made because it was a little looser well i think because it's a little less crowded and because a lot of the off-sites and events and stuff started doing online booking for your free access I felt like the lines weren't as bad for, like, anything. I mean, we walked in at the tail end of a – I mean, it was absurd. It was a it was a Pac-Man celebration at this Comic-Con museum, and I feel like normally it had an open bar, free food, which they ran out by the time we got there, swag bags, a guy in a Pac-Man suit, officially sanctioned, dancing to uh, blow the whistle and from the window to the wall and a bunch of other songs that – are not brand appropriate for for Mr. Pac-Man. Um, but yeah, like it felt like something like that even wouldn't be something we could just waltz into in the last hour and they still have plenty of stuff at the bar. Like it'd either be full or they'd like close entry or they'd run out of alcohol, like little things like that. To be fair, that Pac-Man to... party was way off the beaten path. It was, but even then, like, um, like fandom, the fandom part, which we managed to secure. I don't know how I did this, but the fandom party is like, Supposedly the hottest ticket in town. It's Thursday night of Comic Con, totally open premium bar, food, they, the music. In past years, it was like Mark Ronson and Big Boy. This year, it was a DJ named Don Diablo. Um, only like a hundred tickets, a hundred people got tickets. If you're quick enough on Eventbrite, somehow I got it for Kevin and myself. But either way, from what I heard after the fact, um, the standby line was being let in up until about like twenty, thirty minutes before um, Angel, you and Elvis got there. So, like, that would be unheard of in past years. Like, the Dragon Ball Z, we did this awesome, which I'm sure we'll talk about, concert at the new um, Shell concert venue they have out on the water in San Diego. It's this big outdoor kind of Hollywood Bowl-looking thing. It never hit capacity. 
I feel like at other Comic Cons it would have hit capacity. It was close to capacity, I'm sure, but it was there was never it, there was rarely you know me when I went to the Severance panel. Um, I didn't think I'd get in because I only showed up a panel beforehand, and the line was like you know out the door. Went in with plenty of room to spare. Like there, everything was just a little easier yeah, also, to deal with, which was great. I think with say? the exception, uh, there was there was something that I wanted that sold out, but it was also something oh, yeah, I, I mean, didn't really care about. I didn't but get my all, Mario that was also kind of just. But that was also kind of the oh, that's right, it was you and your Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. But that was also just like besides that, which even then, like I feel like if Jason really wanted to, he definitely could have gotten it if he, you oh, know, yeah, if made I got sure he like was in line like by eight or something. Yeah. But the point is, like, I think last Comic Con was the first year that we were kind of indifferent on the Ninja Turtles exclusive from NECA. NECA usually being the one of the most sought after booths usually for exclusive like this stuff usually sells out by the time you enter the hall if you're just entering it normally this year i think only like two things sold out and it was some there was like some things that i i don't know i think my brother and i could care less about but the ninja turtle thing they had this cool figure from the thing some stuff from gremlins like nothing like basically they had everything on sale like everything like and there was also couple other places like i think the only thing that sold out right away that elvis was happy to get was like a chun Li shirt from udon that said san diego 2022 other than that like you were pretty much able to get anything you wanted well that and the pink gold peach mario kart hot wheel i tried multiple yeah which which is another one of those like I feel like on any any other day, Jason would probably not even care to buy that. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, first of all, but, but I think, I, but actually, probably even yeah, Comic Con. It might have just been more like I just feel like I want to buy something. No, it was so a Comic Con that, exclusive. That's why, and I have the Mario well, exactly. Silver Mario Mario Kart Hot Wheel Comic Con exclusive. So I was like, oh, they kind of match, except they don't because the packaging's different, which was a weird move. But no, I um, yeah, I went by. I mean, the fact that they made I, I tweeted some of this effect, but the fact that they made a Hot Wheel of the character that everyone loves to riff on and make fun of, like, oh, Pink Gold Peach, like, what well, a dumb character Nintendo made. Like, why not put, like, a real character, you know, all that. And then it still was one of the first exclusives to sell out at Mattel every single day. Um, we're weird, the Nintendo fandom, and I'm part of that weirdness for sure. It's only 20 but bucks. I think that's what it was. So could, Mattel has... I can see a lot of people just throwing, like, oh, yes. throw it in here. Especially when they line. start sticking the limited quantity sticker on, like, because they only have an allotment for however many per day. So the second that yellow sticker went on the sign, it's like, we're running low. Everyone's like, I'll just get it and flip it. No big deal. Like, every, I watched. Every single person bought it. And I guarantee eight out of those, you know, 80% of those people were not pink gold peach fans. So, uh, maybe, so when um, you say 90% of those people will maybe more... Yeah, no, I'll give, I'll give a few I don't of like them. Pico yeah, yeah, true. No, or no even Nintendo like, fans. Yeah, no one likes Pico Teeth. Yeah. yeah. And yet, that's the one they made, and that's what sold out. Um, but and, and, and to be fair, I also should clarify, there was stuff that had lines. There was stuff you couldn't just walk up to. I mean, there's a cool, supposedly, uh, Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon experience where you go through these multiple things. You end up in the throne room. You get set on the throne. You get hatch a dragon from an egg, and they have this AR thing you do. Um, that line was capped. What? At the end, you get disappointed. The full yeah, exactly. game of <laughs> and at the end, they're just like, okay. And you're just like, wait, that's how it ends? But yeah, it, uh, it, there was like an eight out, you know, the line was capped at like eight in the morning, multiple days for it. Like, you, you had no chance if you were in line by 8 a.m. Uh, the Gray Man, the Netflix show, had like this little three minute long the thing you run through. Gray Man? 
Yes, yes, the gray man. The thing every time I say it, you don't understand what I'm talking about. It's the same thing every time, Angel. It hasn't changed. Um, but yeah, that mm-hmm. ha- it was like a three-minute experience, but the line was like three, four hours long for it. So there was still severance, actually, is a really good example of this. You could book online Disneyland-style like 6 a.m. on an Apple TV website to do this really cool severance experience where they literally brought in, like, from what Ben, ben Stiller was saying at the severance panel I was at, it was like 90, 80 to 90% of the props that were in the show and the sets that were in the show were shipped down to San Diego and set up for you to do this experience. So you're walking through the actual sets. You're using the computers they use on the show. You're like, it's all the white hallways are all the white hallways. Like if you know the show Um, and it was a really cool experience and it had a bunch of cool actors. But even that, like the standby line I read, let two people in one day, everyone else was booked at 6am through a website. So it's not like it was easy to do stuff, but it was easier than probably any other con con in recent memory. Which was kind of a nice way to sort of ease back in to the to the con life, if you will. Yeah. Plus, we'd also be terrible to omit the giant Lego Bowser, which was oh yeah. Oh, I mean, we have we have stuff we could talk about. I mean, what was your yeah? Let's talk about the Lego Bowser because oh, yeah. Works. I mean, I, well, that's I have. I gotta at least mention that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, like everyone. I mean, yeah. If you follow Nintendo, you know by now that their their next major Lego set is gonna be. A giant Bowser, which is pretty awesome. Like Mighty King. I, would, Bowser. I, I, I never even considered putting that on a wish list kind of deal because I just figured there would be something like, like they're just never gonna do it. Like it just didn't even cross my mind as like an option of something Lego would do. And sure enough, that's what they did. So it's like best case scenario. I think the next thing I would want would be like you know a Lego full size version of like Bowser's Castle or Peach's Castle, but you know. Bowser is awesome. It's also a marionette, which is kind of crazy because Nintendo just has to, I mean, Nintendo. Well, yeah, Nintendo and Lego just kind of have to like keep one upping themselves in these Lego sets. Like the NES that Jason has is super awesome. And the I love that NES so much. Now, it, this one. Yeah. Um, and they, well, decided, and, and and that they one one up there. themselves. As I said, they one up themselves even further at the show with that one. But you were going to say something else, Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, they, they had it at the show floor and you were able to like look at it up close, take pictures of it, and it's a pretty good size and it looks great in person. But yeah, like we said, they have a super mega giant one. It's like 14 feet tall, like over 600,000 Lego pieces. 660,000 to be precise. Yep. And yeah, and it moves. Like you make line and then for like seven seconds, you'll hear like some Bowser's Castle NES music and, you know, you could do whatever you want. You could run, you could... I'm scared. I did a little thing with my brother and a friend where we ran for a little bit, but then I turned around and saw Bowser, and then I just like bowed down to him. And yeah, but if you got that, I just like to point out. I just want to get this on record. Um, I suggested to Angel, but I I don't think Kevin, you were there. I suggested Angel, hey, we should do like a random Nintendo one with Bowser because you know. No, I was there. And oh, you were there. And Angel's like, nah, I'm okay. And then twenty minutes later, does it with two other people. I see how it is, Angel. I see how it is. That is not exactly how that happened. It was it, more it's like, close said, enough that it, you said we it, should. You said we should, and then I, I was like, you? "Yeah, I'm down if like the timing works out." What is and that that's like mean? kind of what What's I. What's the timing? What timing? I don't. I, why because, do I sound like, a, like an old New Yorker? What time? What, what is this timing? Because you as as you all can see from you know this last Comic Con, um, pairings change all the time, and people <laughs> feel like doing things at certain times and. 
we were never like all hanging out together the entire time. Like, yeah, but we could. Sometimes made an it was just my brother and I. Sometimes we it was could just have, we could have scheduled a time, but no, yeah, the Bowser itself scheduling. Yeah, but but scheduling a time, it, yeah, like I feel like everything happened. I mean, I wanted to do that with my Bowser shirt, so I did take it on Sunday in case we were all three of us together that Sunday day. But yeah, it just worked out because also the line for the Bowser thing is it's not the longest thing ever, but it is About long enough that minutes, yeah. Yeah, it's like just long enough that it's like I don't want to do it multiple times. I mean, I still <laughs> would have if the timing worked out. <laughs> but um, but yeah, you know, like, and it not to mention that it's always like it was always just kind of blocked. Like you had to deadline was closed most of the time, so you had to kind of wait for it to open. You, you literally they just don't say, wanna... "Hey, is the line open?" They say, "Stand here for thirty seconds, and then we'll tell you, and then they let you in." It's that easy. At least for me, well, it was. there you go. But. But no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm just giving you a hard time. But yeah, the Bowser itself was very cool. Oh, well, I don't it's... feel bad about it, but I mean, but either way, I guess. I mean, it would. I'm glad, it would, I'm glad you have I mean, no yeah. guilty conscience. But, but yeah, no, the Bowser itself was super. Cool. I mean, if, if if it had worked out, that would have been cool. But yeah, it didn't work yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. a bummer. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, but, well, you know what we could do? Tour. Angel, Maybe we could catch it somewhere else. Here's what we could do. It's yes, tour, it's really? touring the world. Next stop, Sweden for some Lego event in Sweden. So if you guys want to go Sweden, we can make it happen. I'm down. Lego. Okay, I think it's in October, so we have a couple weeks to figure it out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, they have to dismantle the thing. It's like a million, a bunch of different parts. But yeah, they would go off to Sweden. Um, but the Lego Bowser wasn't the only Nintendo thing on the show floor. They also had a Lego Toad, a red yellow, a red ye- a red Lego Yoshi, uh, a Lego Mario, and a Lego Luigi, both which with animated eyes and chest screens like the toys themselves. It was a very and they were scattered around. There were some at Nintendo, some at Lego. Um, but yeah, it was a very Lego centric Nintendo show floor, if you will. Like they had games off site, but like on the show floor, Nintendo was really pushing uh, Lego Super Mario, which I guess makes sense because a new set just dropped like this past weekend, but or a new wave of them, I should say. But yeah, it was that was if you were inside, the only Nintendo things you saw were these Lego things, and Lego Bowser was a hit. I heard so many people mentioning it just walking around. I think like that and. There's an animatronic hundred thousand dollar lifelike Grogu, like Baby Yoda, um, that was also I heard a lot of people talk about just walking around. But um, Lego Bowser might have been the thing on the floor because it was one of the few like photo ops on the floor that was actually like, really elaborate, which is kind of the other side of the coin of a quieter Comic Con after COVID or in the midst of COVID or however you want to frame that, which is there was a lot to do, there were a lot of cool experiences, but I feel like. And Angel, this is something maybe you can more share your thoughts on than Kevin, because Kevin's only been once before. But I feel like there was less stuff to a degree this year. Like some companies scaled back, some pulled out, some others sort of took the spot. Like Apple TV with Severance was never there before. But, you know, like Warner there Brothers was definitely booth, less, for example. Yeah, there, there yeah. definitely was less stuff. But I think I, I, I don't remember how I worded it or when we were talking, but. Even though there was less stuff, it we I feel like we still did the same amount of things we normally would do. Yeah, I guess the, I, I guess the main difference was that we were the, always giving up one thing for something else. There, yeah, there was always think, like it was either this evenings, or that or something like that. The evenings were a little quieter because in past in past years there were like Amazon would take over and do multiple like parties in the yeah. evening. Like, I, I definitely missed the adults yeah. some on the green just watching like some. You know, pilots or random stuff. Yeah, yeah, or doing the Rick and Morty panel where they do a live, like, sketch. Like, they do a live improv of an episode and they sketch out the frames, like, stuff like that. 
Um, that's, that's, yeah, that's, so some of that was missing. Done. I think the other thing that was kind of interesting that was missing was, and it was still there to some degree. We just maybe weren't in the right place at the right time. But there used to be a lot more just like, I was saying at the start, like frenzy to the saw. Like there's more like chaos, if you will. Like you'd be walking around the gas lamp, which for those who don't know is right across the street from the convention center. A lot of stuff spills out into it. And there'd be like a marching band promoting sci-fi, just walking around playing video game tunes and like show like move, uh, sci-fi show tunes. Or there'd be like just people handing out weird random things. And there was a little of that. There was a Bob Burger like food truck pop-up thing. There was um, – I learned after a fact pistachios was giving out pound bags of pistachios that had Groot on them for what? some reason. Yeah, apparently. Um, so there were little things like that, but just like the sheer like marketing overload that's usually in the gas lamp, that – like the random elements, that felt a little less there. Marvel did something kind of fun where one day they had people handing out flyers to call – she Hulk attorney at law, and you get a voicemail where they're explaining like what their law services offer. If you you know you had an encounter with an As Asgardian or whatever, like that was kind of fun. But like a lot of it was that element, that kind of you never know what you're gonna stumble into. There's a little less less of that, and that might have been why it felt a little calmer because you didn't have just like you know there wasn't a Panda Express taking over a random retail space to give out free chicken, which was something they did in 2019, which we definitely abused. Um, so you know they're like <laughs> yeah, little there used missing to be pieces a long like around of free food yeah. for sure but yeah. this was also the first comic-con where i feel like i mean and many more talking for my brother and i because i i'm guessing it was maybe the same for you guys too but mm. this is probably the one of the first comic-cons where i feel like i had like full meals at regular intervals yes we ate instead like of like yeah it's like Maybe because it was just that chill, like you know, we were I just. I think that was it. There go, wasn't a. Because of some of the shore floor, we're like, hey, let's just, yeah, let's just go eat. Actually, yeah, go to a sit-down restaurant. Actually, order some nice food. Like, I don't think I, I was, I ever like was starving. I was like, oh my god, I need to, yeah. I need to do this first. Like, like no, it's like we, we, food ended up being like you know an actual priority. For lack of a better term. To, 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 to your point, you were like, oh, we're on the show floor, and they're like, let's go eat. Like, the show floor, and this, again, I think is just the evolving nature of Comic-Con, somewhat due to COVID, maybe without, but um, a lot of the big booths that were there, you know, Disney Plus was there, Netflix was there, um, a bunch of big companies were there. They weren't doing as much, like, experiences or, like, booths where you interact with something. It was a lot more just, like, merchandise and sales. So, like, Disney was Plus... Was the Make Your Own Yu-Gi-Oh! card thing still there? That was still there. Like that's, still... All, that's always there. There are a few things like that, but, like, Weta, for example, they'd always have these cool statues of the, you know, stuff they digitally create for Lord of the Rings and the like. They didn't have a booth, so no one was looking at that. Uh, WB, they'd have a bunch of signings and stuff, and same with DC. Their booths weren't there. So a lot of what was there was just, like, if you want to buy stuff, cool, here's an opportunity. If you want a little photo op in the back of the Disney Plus booth of, like, pretending you're on the Miss Marvel poster, that's there. But for the most part, it was like if you're there and you're a company, you're selling something. And if you're not interested in buying that something, you have more time to do to eat, to go walk around, so to stand in you... line for the Dragon Ball Z show uh, concert thing. What You know, whatever. It, it, it made everything just a little less tense, like a little is, less, like, boom, boom, boom. Is a photo op to you not an experience? No, it is, but I'm saying in general there were fewer. Like in the past, it would be like okay. – um, yeah, like Netflix, for example. Their booth was almost entirely just merch. There may gotcha. be in the past like it would be something more like the Paramount Plus booth where Paramount Plus, they have you walk into an infinity room where they project their shows on the walls, which was kind of cool. And then they have you play pachinko for a prize. So there would be more booths that were like things like that, like Cartoon Network used to have a booth where like they do like 
uh, what's it called? We Bear Bears or whatever. They'd have like a thing where you like go inside and interact with like the bears or there'd be like some other thing. For like Adult Swim would have like a giant like cat slingshot. Like there'd be all these different things that you like okay. stand in line to do versus just to buy. And those kind of scaled back. So at most gotcha. they were giving us maybe occasional photo ops. And yeah. me coming in as the outsider, I feel like there was there's like a tons of photo ops. Um, oh, there's tons. Don't get me wrong. There's tons to do. It's just compared to what it was. It does okay, feel like sure. kind of like the 20% less capacity vibe. That's kind of gotcha. how it's Jason just said that it was garbage and that you can never understand. No, 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 no. I think it was still That's really vibe good. Like it, well, it puts things into perspective for me because I thought that there was like as far as like photo ops and like maybe full experiences like you said there wasn't <laughs> there were too many there wasn't a ton of them but i <laughs> yeah. thought that there was like a lot of photo ops so the fact that that was only not, some of it yeah like some of it that's like that's mind-boggling to me and some and some swapped in for others like nintendo's booth on the show floor was just a photo op this year but used to be just game demos so like they you know things shuffle. didn't they have so, a couple of games right behind them right they behind the did. No, no, they had uh, Lego sets. No, that was Pac-Man uh, Na- World. Yeah, Pac- oh, that's right. That's Namco right. had some. Yeah, uh, repack. And that was the thing is there's actually a decent amount of, like, gaming at con- – like, it wasn't the focus of the show. But there's definitely, you know, the Lego Bowser is obviously huge in terms of attention. They had Street got, Fighter like, 6 on the floor. Street, yeah, that was the first public play. Oh, that was Fighter cool. 6. Ninja Turtles. Um, they had a gaming it. lounge for Ninja Turtles for uh, the Cat Konami one. Pac-Man had his own booth with Pac-Man World Repack demoable. Um, I'm excited to share full impressions of that when the full game comes out next uh, later this month because I'm I'm very excited for that because I love Pac-Man World too. But anyway, my point is like there's there was a, actually a fair there's amount a of Smash Bros. tourney on the floor and in yeah and upstairs. The yeah, there was when we went to the fandom party, Kevin and I. There was uh, Master Chief walking the red carpet because the Halo show was one of the sponsors of it. Like, there's a lot of like just it wasn't like oh video games. There's just a lot of like gaming just sort of seeped into different aspects of the show this year, which was kind of nice. Um. Also, there's a lot of Dragon Ball, like a lot, a lot like, of Dragon like, Ball. Four separate places with four separate full size character statues, like sets of statues. Like there's outsiders, inside. Like if you're a Dragon Ball fan, this, this <laughs> outsiders, insiders. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> Dragon Ball for so, everyone. I know they had uh, Tamashii Nations, which is I guess Namco Bandai. Namco Bandai had a yeah. bunch of Dragon Ball stuff out there, like statues. Plus, they were also selling, like, Comic-Con exclusive uh, figures. Then there was an entire activation for Dragon Ball's super superhero, the movie, that's coming mm-hmm. out. And then I think Viz Media had a couple of Dragon Ball uh, statues also around there. Mm-hmm. Then all different characters, was... by the way. These are all, all separate. Different characters. Like, yep. You could go catch them all, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Then um, outside there was that activation, that Dragon Ball activation that had a bunch of really cool photo ops. Oh, yeah, totally forgot about actually... the the uh, Dragon Ball Z Dead by Daylight ish game, uh, Dragon Ball The Breakers, which that also had a photo op. Then there was another photo op where you can stand in front of uh, like one of those like mushroom houses from uh, Dragon Ball, and on top of that, or Last but not least, definitely not least, was the uh, Dragon Ball concert that we went to. Yeah, yeah, that was that was I saw a mood already. It was at this great, legit like symphony orchestra venue on the water outside. Um, but yeah, do you, I, you guys, you guys watch more Dragon Ball than me. Maybe you should talk about the show itself. How do you watch in the middle? But 
I mean, all I, could, all I really wanted to say is just that I can't believe that this concert was here in its like full glory because and free. I, I think I had I don't know if I mentioned on here, uh, but at one point I had tickets, not cheap tickets either, to watch this concert at the Microsoft Theater, and it was supposed to be I think in March or May. I think well, I think it was supposed to be in May. Um, so I would have watched it already, but at some point it got delayed to next year, like some point in January. And I was like, oh, that's such a long time from now. I don't even know if I'm going to be free. So I just canceled my ticket and I got a refund. And then, you know, we go to this concert and it's like amazing. And because it's outdoors, you know, you got your fireworks, you got your projections and yeah, well, you, know, we you should, get we really back into that it. Up. We need to explain that in more detail. Well, they... yeah, well, yeah, you'll be able to, I mean, you'll, you'll be able to miss your context, but <laughs> but basically <laughs> but yeah not very short it was just cool because you know like i was gonna go to that concert with a bunch of co-workers so i was able to show them pictures and they were able to go like oh i hate you and yeah you got the sad. we got the better version of what you're gonna see because you're gonna see it indoors at the microsoft theater this was like you said it, it ended with fireworks like full-on like launching off the back of the venue but also they did this really cool thing where it, it it's a bowl right like a hollywood bowl type of thing so it has lighting you can do down the sides of it but they also had a cam or a projector set up so they could do animations and stuff on the rim of the bowl like on the on the front like ring of the bowl so when stuff was going on when they were playing songs that were like action scenes they'd have like the action lines from from you know every anime ever kind of yeah, Jason, well, what is that called I mean, you what have is to know that, that right like what, what is that called no no the, what when 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 the hero turns yellow, uh, did you? Oh no, I'm not talking about when he goes Super Saiyan. I meant the action lines. The Super Saiyan was a whole like energy ball that popped out. And yes, oh, I no, definitely that was it, yeah. know. I know the term Angel because that was my caption on my Instagram of it. So yeah, I know the term. <laughs> but but um, what was I gonna say? But yeah, and then they had like the dragon wrapped around the bowl. They they, they did this all all this really cool stuff that really just upped the presentation value. Like I don't know anything about Dragon Ball outside of the phrase Super yeah, Saiyan, and that it takes wild, seven like, episodes to do. One thing in so, that show, like so one punch takes seven I, episodes. I, I, but... So I can speak to the content. Jason can speak yes. to the production because that, yes. I think that's what blew you away the most, right? <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, Kanye's how many? Oh, oh, the... oh, that's tough. On a scale, I would actually say you know of, of concert production, Kanye and Cole. I would say this reminded me more of Coldplay playing the Hollywood Bowl in terms of how they use the effects um, than Kanye doing a concert. Although Kanye did the Hollywood, actually Kanye played the Hollywood Bowl. I would say the production on this was probably better than Kanye's production at the Hollywood Bowl. But not as good as Coldplay's. So somewhere in between. No yeah. one appreciates that scale except me, I realize. But I'm sure someone went to both those concerts, but you were saying about the, the content? Yeah, Kevin, talk about the content. Kevin. Yeah. yeah, so the actual content. So they had a, uh, I'm going to assume the San Diego yep. Symphony? Correct. I'm of the night? Sure. It, yes, the, the, yes. There's a fan, a, a legion of Castlevania fans that came out and performed. Yeah, no, it was the it was the San Diego Symphony led by Nick. Braun, led by Nick Braun, yep. Braun, something like that as the conductor. Led, yeah. led by Nick. Um, good old Nick. Yeah, good old Nick. So, what? Crunchyroll was the uh, not the spot. What would you call him? Not the sponsor. I, yeah, the, they uh, they the host. The, the, the host. The. Uh, they were the sponsor. Not, they put the whole the thing producer, on. Organized the, it. Organized organizer. It? Yeah, I guess the organizer. Yeah. Yeah. The promoter. The promoter. There we go. They're the promoter. They're the live nation for this. Uh, yeah, there we go. Golden Voice, whatever it. you want to call them. Yeah. If, if you work in the, in the uh, entertainment industry, you, you would know. Um, but basically, Crunchyroll was, was, yeah, was a promoter for this event. And 
they had their hosts out and they said, this is only like a, not necessarily a taste, but like, they're like, this is not the full show. So immediately I thought like, oh, we're going to get like, like this 45 minute thing. Uh, you, whatever. It's still going to be cool. They start by playing the uh, Dragon Ball theme. Not Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball. Uh, Mystical Adventure. Which was uh, really cool. They, you know, the the orchestra was performing it. And on top of that, they had a uh, a singer out there to actually sing the, uh, the Japanese lyrics to it. And immediately following that, they went into uh, Chala Hechila, which is the uh, Dragon Ball Z theme. Which was very cool to see. Which they also played at the end like twice. Like an extra As a sing-along, no less. As a sing-along, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and to be clear, when you said they had a guy out singing, it was the dude that sings the Dragon Ball Z theme. It was him. No, it's it's not him. It wasn't him. Oh, it's not? I thought it was. It was not him. No. No, it, oh, it was. Well, it was I, take I mean, I guess it literally was a guy that sings the Dragon Ball Z Yeah, I'm not technically wrong. It was a guy that did sing it. But no, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to assume that at the actual shows, they are probably going to have him because – they were also showing footage of this concert from various other, like at other, uh, various other venues, and in those you can see him, the you can see see him singing uh, Chala Hechala, the original singer. That dude was definitely not the original singer, but he was still a very good singer. Um, I thought so, it was the original guy. Wow, I no, feel so it, ripped no, off. It, from it, my it, feet. it wasn't him. I know on the billboards, uh, not on the billboards, like on the screens that they were showing that he was like the guest of honor, but that was not him. Not, not at all. His voice was was uh, nowhere close to the uh, the huskiness of the original singer. Um. Anyways, so after that, they started playing scenes from all of the Dragon Ball Z arcs. So it started with, uh, if you know Dragon Ball Z, you know how it starts. You, it's Goku's brother Raditz comes down, him and Piccolo fight. Immediately after that, Vegeta and Nappa come and terrorize the world. Uh. Pretty much, yeah, they they went through every single arc of the show. And during, like, the very important scenes is when they would uh, project, where they would project, uh, like, Shenron. Whenever they would summon Shenron, uh, the rim of the bowl would be projected with Shenron. When Goku goes Super Saiyan against Frieza, uh, not only would they actually play the sound of of the uh, the energy that you know the aura that comes off of a Saiyan when they're Super Saiyan, um, but then the the rim of the orchestra would uh, would glow yellow. There was a couple of other things. Oh yeah, every single time that Goku would do a spirit bomb, the uh, the rim would uh, would shine like a like a blue a blue white light, which was really really cool. Um, it's funny they they did skip a couple of things that. As a Dragon Ball Z fan, I would have loved to see Gohan is my favorite character, and they completely skipped scenes of Gohan uh, training to become Mystic Gohan, which was very disappointing. Um, but yeah, they went through the entire series all the way up to the very last episode of Dragon Ball Z, which I thought was very, very interesting. I'm going to guess that the full show includes Dragon Ball music, because at the very end, after... Dragon Ball Z was all said and done, they showed one clip of uh, Dragon Ball. So, not only that, but this was also like an hour and a half worth of content, right? It, yeah, it was a full 90 yeah, minute show. I was amazed. I yeah, yeah it was I thought we'd be way... out there within 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and no, 
it was it was about an hour and a half worth of uh worth of music and you know s- classic scenes from this very very beloved show um and so that's what i'm guessing that the full show is because the full show is the dragon ball concert experience not necessarily the dragon ball z concert experience right so right. yeah so i'm going to go ahead and guess that you would get way more dragon ball uh music uh in the full show the one that you would have gotten to see at the uh at the Microsoft Theater Angel. I'm not very I'm not as fond as uh Dragon Ball as I am as Dragon Ball Z, but Dragon Ball is still a very very fun anime uh that you should watch. And all in all, we Jason who has never seen Dragon Ball Z. I mean I've seen saw, I've seen like an episode here and there sure. and I watched that one movie with you guys from a couple of years ago. Sure. I don't remember the name. Um but really flexes my yeah, but Jason <laughs> Jason basically got the Reader's Digest of, like, 300 mm-hmm. episodes. It is ama- about all Cliff Notes should come with Pyro is basically my takeaway. If you have to summarize anything, like, if, you need, if you're in high school and you need a spark note of Catcher in the Ride, I think better end with fireworks because that's what this did. So, And did your opinion at all shift in any direction towards Dragon Ball? Like, were you like... These characters and stuff just look even sillier than I thought. I like it less. No, or you're like, oh, I, I, think decent. I, I think I, I think I fancy a little more. Or you're just like, it literally did nothing for you. And you're just like, I still feel exactly the same. I had an appreciation for those who are fans and why they're fans and what that meant to them as fans. Because I was sitting there thinking like, if this Comic-Con, if they swapped every one of the 17 different Dragon Ball booths and this concert for, like, a Pokemon thing or, like, an Nintendo... I would be losing my mind. It would have been the most amazing Comic-Con ever. And it, I took kind of, like... I was like, this is really cool because, like, for someone who is the big Dragon Ball fan, this weekend is that for them. This is, you know, if it was Pokemon for me, like, this is that weekend. This is the most amazing Comic-Con they could possibly have. Like, this is, is fan service at the fullest. And I was able to really Comic-Con. appreciate that. no. So. When Elvis saw Crush Forty live, yeah, Damn. yeah, like something like that. Like there's, and that's what's really cool about Comic Con. <laughs> Crush Forty, <laughs> I got yeah, but I, yeah, but that's what's really cool about Comic Con is like, and even this year, even with the kind of a bit scaled back in terms of the breadth of stuff, there's so much there that caters to so many different sort of like subcultures of nerddom, if you will, and pop subcultures of pop culture that like you're gonna find something that's either the coolest thing to you. Or something that you can still enjoy and see how it's so cool for someone else. And that's what's always so fun about it to me. It's like, this year was definitely lighter. There's no Conan O'Brien this year. I, I love when Conan's there. He's been there every year, almost since we've been going. He doesn't have a show anymore, so he wasn't there this year. So that was like a big open, like, <laughs> like a big gap in my Comic-Con. But for every Conan I had, like, someone, this Dragon Ball thing was like that times ten. And it was really cool to sit there and, like, see that much care and effort and little things like you were saying kind of with how they, like, spliced in the sound effects and had the orchestra actually pause. Like, all that was really cool to just appreciate from afar in a way, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if it necessarily changed my show. It made me appreciate why people liked the show and the music was, you know, well done and everything. And um, and I can see I like, Hedge is, like, such a catchy song. But, um, yeah, I don't know if it's going to make me watch the show, but I definitely saw value in what was happening. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so now you basically won't feel ashamed when you see like any one of our friends like sing, referencing Dragon Ball. You'll won't. I don't like, think I ever scoff. felt shame. I think you're. <laughs> I think you're assuming a lot scoff, of things though. about me. I don't think yeah, I ever. As soon as our friend Gilbert would mention like Dragon Ball, you would just go. <laughs> what you think? You think like I hear someone say like, "Oh, um, Goku," and I'm like, Ugh, "No," and like run away? No, like what? <laughs> it's fine. Everyone has their. Or I, like, I, or, I can't or, talk. Or, 
or 10 seconds into a Dragon Ball discussion, you'll be, remember Mario? And then you'll try to change it to Mario. I, yeah, that might be true. But no, I can't talk. I mean, I literally last night went to a sushi place here that had a Pokemon roll. Nothing about it has anything to do with Pokemon, but it was called Pokemon Roll, and I had to order it. And I was like, with my girlfriend's family? And they're like, yeah, of course you do. That's just you. Like, I can't <laughs> fan shame anyone about their stuff when I'm ordering sushi named after Pokemon just because it's named after Pokemon. Like, everyone has their lane. Everyone has their thing. And it's just really cool that, like, Dragon Ball and Crunchyroll delivered for those guys in that lane in such a big, impressive, dramatic, well, like, over-the-top well, way. Like, it was really well done. Well, then, speaking of Lane, did you already say what Nintendo did in that mm. one, Peckle Park? Yeah, I did want to touch on that, actually. Nice Because nice usually, yeah, because usually, like, they're at the Marriott, and yeah. the only reason my brother and I were even in that area was because that's where Ninja Turtles, or I should say Konami, they rented out the eSports Gaming Lounge and just had a bunch of Kalabunga collections set up. There was some other games there, and they had tournaments throughout. We could win some goodies, and there was also a signing there with the creator, which, you know, of course, Elvis and I did. Got some stuff signed. Not as personal as we would like. You could tell that we're just, like, hurrying people along. So well, there are 500 we'll to, of you, right? Yeah so, yeah, so we'll have to, like, get them a different time. But You can't always yeah, have usually a beer n- with the guy. I know you've done that before, but you can't do yeah. it every year. So. But, you know, like, Nintendo is usually, like, upstairs in this other ballroom. And, yeah. you know, I, I would say it's gotten lamer over the years. And it used to be really, really cool. But, you know, they had a presence. It was nice to see some they had a whole room. current games. But this year they didn't do that. Correct. something else that I didn't even go to. So Yeah, so yeah. they, like, in terms of, like, official on-the-floor stuff, it was all just the Lego stuff like we were talking about. But in terms of the video games of Nintendo, that was all isolated to the Switch Road Trip um, portable truck booth thing that they're touring around the country uh they set that up outside in the nearby petco park interactive zone or as it's more commonly called a parking lot um and as an experience like say what you will about the fact that it wasn't in a ballroom it didn't have upcoming games but just as an experience of going through and playing games it was maybe one of the most pleasant ways to demo video games that i've done like basically how it worked is that they opened up these time slots the night before on the my nintendo site and you could claim a so-called warp pipe pass uh for a designated window the next day they oh, did so it's like e3 because they no, do a little a little but it's at e3 for Smash yeah Brothers so, so but this warp pipe yeah and that's true they were there and this is just kind of the next step of it so they had these passes um they did have a standby line i should say but as i witnessed while i was waiting to get in with my warp pipe they blew through those open slots extremely quickly i mean in the span of five minutes i was standing there um, they went from having one o'clock slots to five o'clock slots to no slots. So, but yeah, really warp pipes away to go just like E3. But once you were in, and this is where it kind of differs from E3, um, it felt kind of more like a curated experience of sorts. Like you were, you're part of a group of four people that went from game to game as a collective and you had that to either a designated Nintendo rep with you the whole time to explain each game and what to do, or you had these reps handing you off one to the other as you went from game to game across a few reps. Um, ultimately, I think this was a move to stay COVID safe. Like the reps wiped off the controllers after each group. Um, the grouping itself meant that there's no crowding around machines. So better social distancing. All the reps were wearing masks. Uh, but really, it just felt so like, again, to the to Concon as a whole, it felt so like just laid back. And it's just very pleasant. Like there wasn't that normal feeling of having people like breathing down your neck while you played. There were no crowds in the demo area at all, which was great. And even though this like unfolded flat bed truck turn booth thing uh was open walled and outside they had a ton of air circulation they had fans at every station they had hand sanitizer everywhere 
and and again for a, a flatbed turn unfoldable room i don't know what to call this thing it's like a truck that unfolds into a full room but whatever it is like they had decor they had decorations at all for each game they had like little photo ops with a cutout bowser as a mario strikers goalie or like a little kirby statue they had this silly warp pipe you could stand in front of um in front of a super nintendo world universal studios backdrop like they had all these different little things and it all just like flowed it wasn't the most mind-blowing. It wasn't as elaborate as E3. But from start to finish, you were just in this little Nintendo experience for about 30 minutes. Um, it was like having kind of this like personal tour of these Switch games. Um, which, you know, after being used to standing in so many lines for so many years at every other Nintendo event, it was just so nice and so chill to just have your hand held, do like a personal booth tour, essentially. And, um, of course, at the end, you know, you, you got a little swag bag. There's a, there's a Kirby in Forgotten Land, in the Forgotten Land drawstring bag inside, which was a paper booklet of Switch-themed activities, such as connect the dots and uh, filling in mazes and coloring in Animal Crossing characters. Yeah, I'm, I'm 33 years old. Um, but, but also there's, like, a Jack Specific uh, Mario figurine, which, in retrospect, I'm kind of shocked Nintendo's never leaned on using existing Mario merch for swag and event, you know, at past events. But I got a cool little blue Yoshi, and he, he, you know, he's sitting on my desk now, so that was nice. But um, yeah, so the whole like process of playing the game, like the going through it, and I think I really just popped my pee there. So sorry to those listening, but the process of going through it was really pop nice. your oh, like the pa pa pa, yeah. Um, but perhaps <laughs> I thought you meant like you were like holding it in when you were at the oh Nintendo no 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 no, or like I was so there. like yeah, you, it's like also, oh, I need to go to the restroom, but I yeah, but I can't stop no. demoing these games. No 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 no, but like it was all very and and you know honestly I don't even know if I could go to the bathroom. You would though. Like, you it would. was all guided through so like i couldn't tell the rep i'm gonna step out halfway it's like no you're only doing half of the 30 minute experience uh the less exciting part of it were the games that were shown um so to kind of your question angel what was out there so they were all already released games we had mario strikers battle league switch sports and kirby in the forgotten land plus there's a soul mario kart 8 deluxe station on the outside of the truck that you could just like walk up to and do some racing um the easy explanation is of course again covid like nintendo's not partaking in a lot of events so why make their developers you know dedicate precious time and resources to make these custom slices of games that aren't out yet when they could just use what they've already got like what you know it's done and ready might as well but i do think in general there was a bit more of a marketing strategy here than just we don't want to waste our developers time and i think that that this actually kind of dovetails nicely into another thing i want to bring up this episode which is uh what we've been seeing dominate nintendo news cycle these past however many weeks you know all the drip feed of twitter announcement we've been waking up to we talked a little bit about them in the first randomer nintendo but also it's continued um obviously there's still new games coming xenoblade just came out uh splatoon is in september but august is kind of uh empty minus maybe kirby's dream buffet gang of surprise release I'm, I'm not sure where that's landing um and looking at what nintendo did at comic-con and kind of just looking at everything else i, I feel like it's sort of intentional because Nintendo is one of those... I mean, obviously it's intentional which games they pick, but I mean how they're doing this. Like, it's one of those... Nintendo's one of those few companies that outside of, like, a live service type game and rare exceptions, like maybe Elden Ring, they're one of the few who can release a game and straight up just, like, milk it. Like, they could just keep pushing it and marketing it and keep selling it, no problem. Like, so many big games, again, not of the live service variety, just big releases, uh, you know, they have a huge marketing push up front they sell well for a month or two. They kind of taper off. Maybe DLC down the road gives them a boost. I know that happened with Monster Hunter Rise when the Sunrise, uh, I mean Sunbreak DLC came out. I think it jumped like 20-some-odd spots on the MPD chart that next month. Um, but at the same time, like 
Kirby's been staying on MPD's top 10 since March. Like, since it came out. That's four straight months. Like, Switch Sports, that's stayed in the top 10 since April. That's three months. Mario Kart, I don't even need to tell you, it's somehow ranked higher in June than Kirby and Switch Sports, and it's been out forever. Um, even Mario Strikers Valley, like, that was, I think, like, number three or something in June, so we'll see how that holds in July and beyond. But the one thing all these games have in common, all four of them, is that they were games highlighted at Comic-Con as part of the Switch road trip, and games that just in these last few weeks have been getting, or coming up this week, have been getting big content updates. So, kind of looking at it, I can't help but think th- about the intentionality behind the kind of one-two punch here. Because, like, for early adopters like us, maybe if we even, you know, lapse in our playing of these games early on, like, the content boost gets back in, at least temporarily. And that means a stronger online player base for the late adopters who maybe tried to demo at Comic-Con or saw a Switch Sports commercial which are still running, by the way. I saw one two days ago, along with an ad for Kirby. It's like they're still pumping these games up like they're new releases. And obviously that's not a perfect overlap with audiences by any means. But clearly, like, Nintendo sees an opportunity to give these games further momentum. Um, and they're doing that. And it was very interesting to see that Comic-Con, a show where they traditionally look forward to upcoming games, that they're instead, they, this year, they kind of pivoted specifically towards games they want to keep the momentum going for that are already out so the question becomes, I guess, is it working, like, on us? Like, are we doubling back to older releases? Can it keep the diehards busy until, like, the next new release in September with Splatoon or whatever? Um, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of an open-ended question. I mean, like, for me, I can safely say with the booster course pass to Mario Kart, it's absolutely working. Like, I noticed when the first pass came out, Wave 1, I had a noticeable uptick in my Mario Kart 8 playtime. And, frankly, the tracks that were just announced in Wave 2... They seem way more exciting. I mean, a whole new one with Sky High Sunday. Two top-tier ones, Waluigi Pinball Mushroom Gorge. I mean, what did you did you guys see the full list? Are you into Wave 2? What do you think of the cart tracks that they announced? I think they're out this week. Um, You know, it's cool. It's more Mario Kart. It's generally exciting. Um, I think the one that stood out to me the most was, um, was Calamari Desert. Um, mainly mm-hmm. more for nostalgic reasons. It's mm-hmm. not like the mm-hmm. the most exciting track, but it was a track that I remember playing the most with my dad, and I remember it being his favorite track as well. So it was like, like, oh man, that track. But otherwise, you know, the that new Ice Cream Canyon looks cool. Mushroom Gorge. I mean, I'm glad we're gonna get that music back because that was kind of catchy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. honestly, I, I don't really remember a lot of the rest. Even Waluigi Pinball. You know, it's, it's a cool track. Um, I'll give it that. I and, love Waluigi um, Pinball. It's my favorite. Love Waluigi Pinball. Yes, I'm thank you. So, I knew we were friends I'm for a reason. So Kevin. excited. Knew we were so, friends. So, so psyched. <laughs> were what there any the others that jumped out to you? Right? Oh, so did, are you finally going to get, um, are you finally going to upgrade your Switch online? God, <laughs> God no. <laughs> why would the price of admission except not? No, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to buy the booster course. I, oh, I, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's all I'm going to do. Um, and yeah. I'm sure once it's out, I think it comes out on, Thursday, the 4th, um, or the 5th maybe, so Friday. But I'm sure we, or at least I, we'll probably more say next episode once we actually can play them and see what the Ice Cream Canyon, as you called it, Angel, the Sky High Sunday, what that looks like. Um, but yeah, like on the Mario Kart side, this idea of like just pumping up an old game with new content seems to work. Um, but Angel, one of the other things they announced, so it's actually already in their booth at Comic-Con and fully playable. Uh, Mario Strikers Battle League, they had the update running in the booth. With Daisy, with Shy Guy, with the Desert Ruin Stadium, 
do those move the needle for you at all? Because I think you're the only one out of the three of us that bought the game. So is that is that stuff you're into, or is it kind of just like you don't care? I mean, it, it's it's more content. I I personally don't. Miss, I I mean, I got Bowser. I, I I can't honestly. I can't think of a single character that would make me go like, oh my god, I'm so glad they're in because I'm already satisfied. Sure. Um, if anything, it's if anything, it's more of a. I'm happy there's more characters because my other friend who is really into it, um, that basically went from we, my brother and I beat him on our first try. He's someone that we still always play Mario Strikers with, like all the Mario Strikers. Like we got, we usually get competitive with him in all our Mario sports games. And yeah, after he spent the night figuring out the game, he, yeah, he figured it out. Now he's like almost unbeatable at this point, unless like I, like add a many many more hours into the game but he's the one that's like he's already like maxed out everything he i think within a couple hours or a, a few sessions he said that he already had enough money to buy everything and he just ran out of content like he just ran out he already had beaten the campaign there wasn't really too much to do online outside of just like playing with friends so and even then because there's only like eight no there's 10 characters total you can only have like so many teams without like repeating characters, which was not really a problem in the other Mario Strikers games. So seeing more characters in that sense is nice, just because you know I'm gonna pick Bowser and the other three characters don't really matter to me. Like I'll just pick you sometimes three Yoshi's or three Toads. But you know it's cool seeing more diversity. So seeing right. shy guys added in is cool. Like because I, I could throw those in as minions or whatever. And I know Daisy. Actually, more than anything, actually, yeah, I take this back a little bit. I am very excited, not for any specific character, but just seeing characters in general because, damn, like, the way these characters are animated are still so really awesome. Like, mm, even mm-hmm. just seeing, like, Daisy's, like, perfectly, like, perfectly arced backflip just gave me, like, the biggest, like, like, oh, my God, like, whoever animated this, like, clearly, like, studied, like, the 12 principles and applied it to this backflip. Like, the way they move, like, everything is just so... Damn, it's so awesome. So yeah. I can't wait to see her super kick. I can't wait to see Shy Guy Super Strike and as well as a bunch of other characters for that matter. Next so, level games, more yeah. next level animations. But yeah, no, they Seriously, it's, 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 like, it's a that was the best thing game. about Luigi's yeah. Mansion. Agreed. Both yeah. Luigi's Mansion. Kevin, did you end up buying you didn't buy strikers, did you? You're like me, huh? No, I I did not buy it. Yeah, welcome to the club. I will say... <laughs> Kevin's like, Jesus, for the third time, no. Well, I don't know if he bought it in secret later. Uh, no, I was going to say, I... <laughs> That's playing a good it, point. Playing it with four people where each person designated a character and they stick to that character is a lot more fun than when I did the first kick and I had no idea where I was because they kept moving me around. But it's still, yeah, it still didn't quite... I don't know if it's enough to get me. I will say, I do really like um, their theming, these updates, subtly. Like, I don't know if this is a coincidence or do I keep it going, but Daisy... Princess of Sarabhara, whatever that land is from Mario Land, which is desert initially. Um, Shy Guy, his golf course in Mario Golf. Shy Guy Desert. The Desert Ruined Stadium. Like, if they're doing these kind of loose threads to connect characters, I kind of want to see what fun they have with it with future updates. Like, if they do, like, a tropical one, it's like, oh, look, now there's, like, an Isle Delfino Stadium, and with it is a Pianta playable character or something like that. Like, they they could have a lot of fun with it. So I'm curious if if this is a fluke or this is the start of a pattern or, or what. But it's definitely better than, you know, Mario Golf, where it's like, here's a shy guy, and he's blue. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, unfortunately, for better or worse, the thing that becomes more apparent the more you play is how 
how the character you pick doesn't really matter as much as it it's did all the, the gear, ones, right? Yeah, it's really just the gear. So like, you could basically pick any character and make them whatever you want. And then like, so like, oh, I want Rosalina, but I want her to be my my striker instead of like my technique person, or I want Bowser to be my speedy person because I just want to have Bowser in my team, but I don't necessarily want him to be the heavy hitter, which is cool. But then, you know, you miss a little bit of that, like, personality that some of those characters had in the other games. Like, everyone had a special charge shot. Everyone had a specific defense. Like, some characters could teleport. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. The Toads could jump over the goalie. Now, they're everyone plays the same, basically. So, well, adding more characters. So, I guess it means, in theory, they could have an even bigger roster because, you know, they all basically play the same. It's just a matter of, I don't even know, I guess, what their base what their base characteristics are. Yeah, it's just, just like one of three you can classes, essentially, right? Because there's like heavy... Yeah, you got your... Yeah, it's like heavy, speed, technique, passing. So there's a few things, but yeah. But yeah, so yeah, keep it coming, Nintendo. Just like you're doing with, you know, I guess the Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. I guess they did that with tennis and Mario Golf, but I don't know. I like them both, but they just, I don't know, they fell off. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of the thing, like, I think Nintendo keeps running into is they do these smaller releases up front and then pad them with content in the hope that it'll keep them alive, but then, like, it just kind of falls off because people either lose interest or they feel it's undervalued. Like, your friend who, like, beat the whole game and probably didn't feel it was worth the 60 bucks at the time. Um, but yeah, like, every game this summer that's, like, they're pumping up is all about that. Like, for me, um, I guess the update that's supposed to, like, get me rehooked on a game that I already bought is Switch Sports, right? Um, like, they added last week the ability to play soccer matches online using the leg strap. Uh, there's some new moves in volleyball. There's surprise additions of two new ranked rankings, I guess you could call them. Um, there's S rank and Infinity rank. Um, and, yeah, th- this one, unless there's anything else I want to say about Mario Strikers, I was going to, to touch on what Switch Sports has been like for me with the update. I'll allow it. Th- thank you, sir. Thank you kindly. Uh, but, yeah, this one, it's it's. it's it's interesting to me because I think there's sort of like two ways to look at it. Like first there's the mechanics of it, right? Cause this isn't just like what you were saying with Mario Strikers, you know, it's kind of just like every character is kind of neutral to a degree. You just get some flourishes or a new look of a stadium or something like that. But like here, like they're changing fundamental stuff in some of the modes. So just talking mechanics here, it boils down to volleyball getting better and soccer kind of making a, I guess, lateral move. So volleyball definitely um, is still my favorite of the newer sports included in Switch Sports. Um, I was saying it's back in April, I think, but I just think the way it balances the motion controls, like actual reliance on a teammate, is it's really fun. And what's neat with this update is they added two new moves that kind of give you a little more personal agency over your performance so you're not as reliant on your teammate while it is still a very team-heavy activity. Uh, one is the rocket serve, which if you swing your Joy-Con at just the right moment when serving the ball, um, you get a nice little boost to the serve itself. Uh, but the more elaborate one that can actually change up your strategies quite a bit is this new slide attack where you sort of, I guess, quickly dash dash back and forth. It kind of throw off your opponent of where you're going to you know, spike the ball from, and you do that by wiggling the stick left and right, and then you proceed to spike the ball. Uh, and that's the only time you can do it when you're the one next to spike. But even for the opponent, they too, if they see you do this, can try and counter your slide with their own block using the same left and right motion. So there's like an offense and a defense version of it. And it just sort of adds another layer to, I guess, what you need to do in the mode. Um, it's not just what the screen prompts you to do anymore because if you're playing volleyball, for those who haven't, it's like, all right, serve. 
now bump, now spike, and you do the different motions. But this kind of adds like a random element to it a little. It's it's, it's almost evolved into like kind of a light rock paper scissors type of situation, which is really fun. It makes it it really does add a lot. Um, but then then there is soccer, uh, and this is the big like banner thing that they have with switch sports, right? It now supports the leg strap as an input option. You're actually making a kicking motion with your leg to kick the ball. Sounds great. And right away, the most apparent thing to me was that this does capture the actual spirit of Wii Sports. Because before the update, as I think I mentioned when the game first came out, soccer kind of stuck out like a sore thumb because it was basically all button and stick movement. Now, should you choose to use the uh, the leg strap, you can still navigate your character with the stick, but they'll auto-run to the ball otherwise, very much like in Wii Tennis of old or modes like that and you just need a kick and that gives it this kind of ease ease of entry that made um we sports really what it was and made it you know they're not just like arcade sports games or sports sims they're like this other way of playing a sport and this now captures that the problem is you're sort of limited if you go the leg strap route um you can kick that's it and you can only kick straight ahead, whichever way your character is facing. There's no deeper angling you can do in how you position your physical kick, nor is there a way to do the headbutt move you can do with the face button controls. Uh, instead, I guess Nintendo tried to counterbalance that by making the leg strap kick stronger than the button-based kick. So it's like, oh, well, you don't have two moves, but your kick's a little better. And that's fine, I guess. Like, it's fine enough. The, the game does display who's in leg strap mode for everyone's reference when playing online, just like, you know, the Wii Wheel and Mario Kart Wii or whatever was always shown. But it's still, even with the kicking, however you want to kick, physical button, it still just plays so slow. And some of the auto movement towards the ball when you're in the leg strap mode can be finicky when the game decides to face your character in the direction of where it thinks the ball will be kicked next instead of where it actually currently is, meaning there are times that you're auto-running away from the ball, which ultimately may be the right move. I don't know, but it's hard to let it happen in the moment because it just feels wrong. Like, it just feels incorrect, and you keep trying to course-correct it. Um, but all that said, like, in the game's defense, I did have a good time in matches where my randomly selected, you know, online teammates or whatever. Like, when we gelled well, it was still kind of fun. There is some fun to be had. It's just not as immediate or I guess guaranteed levels of fun as some of the other sports, which kind of brings me to the second half of my thoughts um, because there's the mechanics, as I covered, but there's also just the underlying motivation to play and to find fun in that. And and back in April, I think um, that was a big question mark hanging over the game. Like, are the weekly outfit and emote unlocks enough to keep going? Is just trying to maintain a high rank in competitive play enough to overlook, you know, the to-a-degree simple of the actual gameplay like how simple it is and I, I think the answer is for me at least not quite like I had fun with Switch Sports early on I was buying into the whole like diet game as service approach Nintendo was selling for the sake of you know them pushing their online Switch online subscriptions but then I kind of fell off I missed some of the unlockables and or at least the sets because they're only there for like a week or two which killed a lot of my future motivation to play so I don't really have much reason to go back but funny enough, it was actually at Comic-Con that I rediscovered where the game's real underlying fun lies for me because I was playing against a friend of ours. I was playing, like, Nigel did the booth with me. Uh, for those who regularly listen, you may recognize Nigel as one of the people that was on our 10th anniversary special last November, and 
Angel Kevin. I hope you guys definitely recognize the name Nigel. Um, but but yeah, that was a lot of fun with him. Uh, so much so that we actually started talking after we played it about potentially doing like an online Switch Sports bowling league among friends or something. And I have no idea if that's going to pan out. Who knows? But the point is, I think for me, ultimately, where Switch Sports shines brightest is where we sport ended up shining brightest which is as a social activity with friends you know online with randoms isn't the same like emotes don't replace vocal or visual reactions from friends and i think as nintendo keeps adding new sports like golf and the rumored ones folks have apparently data mined um i see those lo- less as necessary they're less they're not necessarily reasons to want to get an s rank or an infinity rank in my mind but they're more kind of new opportunities or experiences to play with real friends friends that maybe once there are enough sports included in the package, we'll actually buy the game. That That's kind of where Nigel landed on it, from what I recall. Um, so in that sense, yeah, I I think the idea of the Switch Sports updates or the Mario Strikers updates or what have you to drive further sales could work for Nintendo. Um, but for an early, earlier, early adapter like me, just waiting till there's enough for friends to take the plunge, it's not necessarily the best route Nintendo could have gone with all said and done. Like, I would have been happy doing game nights of Switch Sports as a full package back in April when it first came out. But if ultimately, you know, they expand the game to include a lot more sports beyond golf, then sure. Then it's like DLC for anything else at that point. Then it's fine. Time will tell if we get there. But yeah, it was it was interesting to play Switch Sports again and see what Nintendo's trying to do in parallel with everything else we've been talking about. And yet, they didn't quite hit it in my mind. So hopefully they add more. That's That's ultimately what I'm really wishing for. I'm kind of in the same like wait and see that I think you are with Strikers right now, Angel. It's just kind of like let's see what they do, let's see where this goes. Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of a strange update to play. So anyway, that's my Nintendo ramp. Yeah. Um, Dang, you snuck in a sales corner in there. I sure did. You know what's funny? So yeah, I, I tried very, too. I tried very hard not to do because one of the things randomer for the folks out there, um, we were like, yeah, we're not gonna do like sales numbers or anything. We're just gonna do. We're just going to talk about things we want to talk about. And I was trying to make the point about, like, how these games keep... Like, the reason Nintendo's pumping up these games and why we're getting these updates. And I wasn't even thinking sales numbers. And then I just, like, instinctively went to NPD charts and started pulling numbers. And only after I, like, wrote down all the numbers was I like, oh, well, well I'm not supposed to do said, this anymore. Like, <laughs> I mean, that last statement can't be true because, you know, like you said, we're going to talk about... I mean, we're not going to talk about n- sales numbers, but we're just going to talk about what we want... And I mean, is that what you want to do? Then? Yeah, and it, it just—I wouldn't have led with MPD. Like, I didn't start with MPD. It just kind of happened. Oops! <laughs> Oops! All MP, MPD. MP, <laughs> Oops! All berries. MPD just happened. MPD just yeah, happened. They actually just Kirby merged. Is, yeah, now I know Kirby is doing numbers. Yeah, it, it's doing surprisingly big yeah. numbers. It's like one of the best performing Kirby's in a long time. But anyway, well, let's one move could away say from it MPD. Doesn't suck. It do- no, it does not. I, I you could even say that for a character. I think I even tweeted this for a character with no legs. His game sure has some. Thank you. That's my time. It's been a pleasure. And on that, um, well, actually, before we go, I feel like we gotta talk about one <laughs> well, other actually. thing. There's one other thing we gotta talk about. Um, the one thing that was like Comic Con in purest Comic Con form, Marvel showed up. Us and Marvel drunk. announced. Oh. What did you say? I was getting drunk. <laughs> well, the second thing that was purest Comic Con and Comic Con form, we Marvel showed up and like went super big. Like people thought maybe they do Wakanda Forever with, and they did put out a really, really awesome trailer for that. I thought that trailer was really well edited. Um, Excuse my ignorance, but Marvel did stuff. 
Yeah, Saturday night when we were at Dragon Ball Z waiting in line, Marvel basically announced the next like four years of movies. Not all of them, mind you, but they announced that we're oh, in Phase 4 right now, then comes Phase 5, the then comes Phase 6. Thingy. Yeah, and I was just curious because I know, Angel, you're... Well, first of all, where are we all at in terms of our Marvel interests? Because I know, Angel, you're probably the most detached, but Kevin, you've been a little more invested. Where where do we stand now that we're at what's apparently the end of Phase 4 this year? Even though it just started. Haven't seen... Uh, have not seen... Miss Marvel, have not seen... Thor, which is weird because Ragnarok is probably my favorite MCU movie. I still need to see Thor if you want to go sometime. And what else? What else Marvel came out? Doctor, uh, Strange? Moon, like something Doctor Strange, Moon Knight. I saw Moon Knight, um, saw Doctor Strange. That's it. You're what's, the, what's the next MCU movie coming out? Um, Wakanda Forever in November. Okay, Wakanda Forever. And yeah, that, that was a good trailer. I, I guess I'll, I, I did not think that the... Uh, first Black Panther movies was all that good but uh I, it wasn't I like this one this one this one does look good it, yeah I, I would say Black Panther very well. wasn't my favorite of the bunch I understand what it meant to a lot of people and I understand what the representation oh yeah provided totally. them and I get and that's awesome like the same thing I was saying about Dragon Ball and how it like clicked with certain people that's awesome but as a movie itself where I didn't have that personal connection it was fine it was good it just wasn't didn't yeah, I agree. blow the roof off for me um, but yeah, so apparently, well, you're not, Kevin, you're apparently missing a whole chunk of Phase 4, which ends arbitrarily with Wakanda Forever. Um, and that's kind of the thing, because, Angel, you, you don't watch anything, right, at all, at this point? You just watch the last minute to get the spoiler and move on? Mm, no, not even that. It's just, it's just, I, I think I'm just over it. Done, like, un- yeah, like, I think I will only watch, like, the only things that would, like, Go on my radar, or I guess would be anything Spider-Man related. Um, not specifically because it has to be Tom Holland, just Spider-Man in general. Um, Which they else, did announce a like, Spider-Man project. They did Spider-Man Freshman Year, an animated series. If it's a series, I guess it automatically goes into the. <laughs> not really gonna bother. Well, but, it's animated, uh, and it's riffing on. Is riffing on Spider-Verse or riffing on? No, it's riffing on. Never mind the Tom Holland ones. Wait, you wouldn't see you wouldn't see a Spider-Man TV series with Tom Holland? I don't know. Like a live-action Spider-Man TV series? Wow, interesting. Damn, my, my my first instinct is to say no. Wow. Because wow, I don't know. It, it's just <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it'd be fine. Like it, to me, Marvel has reached a point where well, general Marvel MC. It, yeah. MCU projects have reached a point where I will only watch it if the group that we're in wants to do that as a unit. I'll go and do that. Or if it's already playing, like, the only reason I saw the first episode of the Moon Knight was because my sister and brother-in-law, well, yeah, and then they were watching it. But then I never saw the rest of it. Sure. I think. But I mean, I, but I mean, I don't, I don't dislike it. It's just, I think I started keeping up with other content that it became even less like, like I can barely, yeah, because the MCU is is just too much. Like I think that I don't is, think, yeah. yeah, I don't like think I mean that there I, has I, been a gap in MCU content since the start of last year, like a yeah. large gap. We've had long. We haven't had more than like six weeks. Yeah, maybe. yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I was, I was mildly interested in Doctor Strange, but I don't. Know, it I think just the, went away. I think the problem, I think, Kevin, you hit the nail on the head with oversaturation because I'm looking at this list of projects they announced. 
it is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 things between now and 2025. So 17 things over three years, not including Wakanda forever. So it's phase five and up. And I think what's happening, and I still enjoy the Marvel stuff. Like I, I almost feel like I'm in a sunk cost fallacy situation where like I've watched, I've seen every Marvel movie in a theater except Black Widow because of COVID. I've seen all the shows. Like I feel like, except What If actually, I haven't watched that. Uh, but I feel like... Oh, yeah, I didn't see What If either. Yeah, and I feel like that's the tipping point. It's like, we're doing multiverse. You don't need to worry about this, except now they're folding it back in. So I guess you do need to worry about it. But, like, I'm so far in, like, I just need to see where it goes. And this idea of, like, the multiverse saga, as they're now calling it, kind of like there's the Infinity Saga for the first three phases. Now this is the multiverse saga for the next three. On paper, that sounds great. Like, I'm like, cool. Like, let's see if they can top what they did with Avengers. Let's see if they can top what they did with the Infinity Stones. Sure. But then when you actually get into it, it just feels like there's so much, and it's both. It's it's a weird. It's almost like a. Uh, it's it. It's almost like not an oxymoron. But I'm gonna contradict. There's so much, but they're not dedicating enough time to any of it. Like what I mean by that is, I really enjoyed parts of Miss Marvel. I thought the first two episodes were super fun. They were smaller scale. They had kind of a Scott Pilgrim like graphic overlay vibe. It was kind of quirky. It was kind of funny. Uh, it like felt different from the MCU as we know it. Uh, Moon Knight did kind of similar in a different direction. It was a little Indiana Jonesy, but like Miss Marvel in particular, first two episodes really solid, small scale, small stakes, just like a little slice of Marvel <laughs> instead of this whole world-ending thing. And then the next two episodes, it becomes one of those. Oh, the whole world's going to end if you don't do something. And I was like, oh, and it got kind of generic, and they like pulled back on some of the overlays and graphical effects and stuff. And I was like, okay, it's just another. The world's going to end. Only she can save it. But then for the last episode, they went back to the small stakes, and it ended really strong because of that. And I think there's this weird – they're in this weird situation where they're pumping out so much stuff, and they're trying to get to this end goal at the end of Phase 6 with two Avengers movies in one year in 2025 for this multiverse saga that it feels like they're simultaneously doing too much and not enough because if they kept Miss Marvel small, if they just focused on the, the little, like, her life in Jersey City and discovering her powers and then maybe the stuff where they, slight spoiler, go to Pakistan, maybe all that stuff is like a season two and then everything else was season one, that'd be cool. I'd be super into that. I would have had a lot more fun with that. But because they have this end goal in three years, but they also want to introduce 17 different projects, everything's just, like, compressed down. So all the Marvel TV shows are six episodes. All the movies, except for boom, Daredevil. Boom, boom. Daredevil's going to be eighteen yeah, episodes. True. Yeah, Daredevil, Born Again, eight up, eighteen episodes. Yeah, you're right. But for the most part, everything's cool. like really. Uh, I love Charlie Cox as uh, Matt Murdock. He's fantastic. I'm glad that they brought him over from the Netflix yeah. shows. Yeah, and I, I suspect like there's going to be more of that. Like they have the rights to Jessica Jones as well, which I know a lot of people like. So, or not the rights, but they have it on Disney Plus now. So it might just be a matter of time. But just this this weird minus Daredevil, this weird bouncing act where like. They're rushing to something, but they also have too much going on at the same time. It's really weird. It makes all these phases feel really disjointed. Like phase one, two, three was so easy to follow because it's like, all right, here's the four Avengers, basically. Now here's their first movie. Now here's the sequels to their individual stories. Now here's their second movie. Now here's, you know, and they slowly expanded out. But now they're describing phase four as a chance to meet a whole bunch of new characters. And that just arbitrarily ends. Like what's the difference between having Blade in Phase 4 or Phase 5. It comes out next year. 
Like, Daredevil, it's apparently Phase 5. Could be Phase 4. I mean, I guess he showed up briefly in, in Spider-Man, so maybe that's his Phase 4 debut. But it seems like the phases are getting a little more arbitrary Spider-Man was Phase they 3. Need a, what was that? Spider-Man was the end of Phase 3. No, I... Right. Yeah. Well, they, that it was a weird rights thing, too. Yeah, that was oh, a weird no, wait, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm totally wrong. No. No Way Home yeah, was, wait, was wait, the What defends the phase? An Avengers movie? No. So in the old days, the phases were the individual movies leading into an Avengers, and then the individual movies leading into the Avengers, and then the individual movies leading into Infinity nope, War. Nope, and, nope, and nope, nope, nope. You, you are also wrong. So phase no, one ended sure? with a – yes, phase one ended with Avengers. Yeah, and phase two was Age okay. of Ultron. Nope. Phase two ended with Ant-Man. What? <laughs> I shit you not. <laughs> the end of phase two – and Why? Why not Age of Ultron? It was right there. I'm not Kevin Feige. I'm Kevin Gomez. Okay? I know, but you shared the same first name, so I assume you know all the answers. No, I don't know why Why Ant-Man was the end of Phase 2, but similarly, the end of Phase 3 was not Avengers Endgame. It was No Way Home. Not No Way Home. Uh, Far From Home. Oh, right, because that was like tying up the loose ends of Endgame. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I take back some of what I'm saying. But my point still stands that they're trying to do a lot in a little amount of time, and it's making things very messy, and nothing's getting room to breathe. Which is weirdly the problem I had with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, where like it felt like it was too long to be a movie, but too short to be a series, and just kind of this weird gray area. And that's what a lot of this feels it's like. It's funny, because like, they, they literally... I mean, it, it's not a new comparison. like Everyone has made this already. But it's literally become like just another way... It, it's become comics at this point. Yeah, it's which like is no fine. It's like I the same reason. Yeah. No, yeah. No, wait, which is fine. And honestly, like, it's kind of cool. It's like, you know, the same reason, the same reason you would want to get into or be too intimidated to get into a certain comic run. It's not the same reason you'd be into or too intimidated to get into the MCU movies. The problem with that is, and I understand what you're saying, but the thing with comics is you can generally get away with skipping 90% of mm, a, mm-hmm. we'll say, of a DC or even Marvel's entire comic book run or like a current run and not be confused while pretty much everything, especially for this multiverse. Oh, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good point. This this multiverse saga, especially a lot of it is interconnected. And it gets really Like, I don't know if you know this, uh, but at the end of Eternals, uh, Blade makes a cameo appearance. Yeah. And also Harry yeah. Styles as a guy named Star Fox, not to be confused with Fox McCloud. Sure. But, like, the fact that <laughs> I mean, Blade guess... isn't at the end of the yeah. – Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> Oops. But the fact that Blade makes, you know, a, uh, a voice cameo. Wesley Snipes? No, no. The uh, uh, Marshall Ali you, now, but, yeah. You don't – I I don't think oh, I've ever seen cool. him. Oh, he's cool. Have you? He... He did the voice of um, the Prowler in oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Into the yeah. Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. yeah. Right. He did. Yeah, he's yeah and it, it, it's, it's wow, to Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. To, <laughs> I didn't doubt you. But te- Kevin, to your point, yeah, it is getting convoluted. <laughs> I'm, I'm um, sorry, Angel. Because it, it used to. <laughs> like, this guy doesn't know who this guy is. This guy doesn't know I anything. Like, I was like, because he's been in a, in a lot of like very like. <laughs> What's he about to say? He has. Or like House, so or, like, House of like, Cards is where he got his first no, like break yeah 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 i was like there's there's no way that 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 angel has seen moonlight you know yeah. he also in an oscar nominated movie as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's been in a lot of them i think moonlight's the one where where he was nominated for an oscar but yeah i think um to be fair I, I haven't seen moonlight so 
<laughs> me neither actually but no I think what I was getting at kind of, and, and Karen, I think you're hitting the head it's getting more complex getting more complicated and then they're trying to like rush through it and even the way they announced this like there's so many people like what's going on I don't understand what these phases are building to so then Kevin Feige gone stage at Comic Con is like alright well listen here's where phase 5 happens and here's what why you need to watch phase 4 because there's a season 2 of Loki there's a sequel to WandaVision with Agatha, Co- uh, Coven of Chaos. There's Captain America New World Order, which you got to know what's going on in Falcon and Winter Soldier to appreciate that. There's Thunderbolts ending the phase. That's um, We've been dropping nuggets of that in some of the shows. I'm not going to say more than that. But, you know, you got to watch those. So, like, they started to kind of be like, here's why you should care about Phase 4 because here's what it leads to. But then I guess, like, even they didn't have enough confidence in that being enough. So then they're like, all right, and here's Phase 6. And, like, we're not going to tell you everything, but it's going to end with two different Avengers movies. It's going to have Secret Wars. Like, all the multiverses, from my understanding, of Secret Wars, they all kind of come together. So, like, things are going to get real crazy. You need, <laughs> to know now. you need to know what's going on in Phase 4 so you can appreciate Phase 6. Side? And I don't remember ever with the original Marvel Infinity Saga them needing to so clearly be like, this is why you should care. Like, this is why you need to watch this so you can appreciate that. Like, it just kind of naturally evolved. And it feels like because there's so much going on now, the fact that they have to spell it out and, like, list it out and be like, this leads to that. And that guy pops up here, and you're introduced to him there, but he's relevant here. Like, it just feels like it's so much more, like, To be fair, convoluted. no, to be fair, they they did this with Phase 3 back Comic-Con 2007. No, 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 but what whatever. I'm saying is they didn't have to go three phases ahead. And they didn't oh, have sure. to, like, they didn't have to, like... Like, this felt like, as much as I like watching the shows, this whole, the way they presented it felt very much like they heard the criticism that Phase 4 doesn't have, is kind of just meandering. Which it isn't, now that we know everything else, it's lining stuff up, but it was so, like, vague and so, like, messy that there's, like, alright, fine, here's here's the entire saga mapped out for you. Okay? You happy now? And in that, and the fact that they mapped out 17 projects, you realize, oh man, there's a lot of stuff coming, and all these things already feel kind of rushed, like Miss Marvel. It's like, how crazy is this going to get? And I'm still going to watch watch everything. Don't get me wrong. But, like, it's nice to have a sense of where things are going a little. But at the same time, it's just, like, there's so much. And all of them feel so short at the same Like, I don't know. It's weird. And then there's weird stuff like Hawkeye, which I really enjoyed. I don't think Echo needs a spinoff show. I don't know what why. I felt Yeah, like we talked about this closed. on Quarantine Chronicles. She... Not only was her art closed, she's also, and I'm sorry to this actress, and I understand what her character means for representation, but holy crap, is she boring? Yeah, it's just like, yeah, you, it's you, it's there's you're gonna represent this very very like you know she's representative of uh, people like amputees and deaf, and she's also Native American, and you make her character just wet cardboard. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, how they And then you give that. her a spin-off Echo? show, which they act yes. like you have to watch, but they don't tell you why when they tease the spin-off show you should care, and then they go to Comic-Con and go, "Well, it's part of Phase 5, you're going to care." And you're like, "I guess I care because then in Phase 6 they all come together." So Well, because Okay. <laughs> like well, it's, because it's, they're double showing up in in Echo. And so yeah, is yeah, yeah. Uh, Kingpin. Yeah, no, yeah, and that's what they also had to sort of say. He didn't say it in that many words, but it's it's been like they've kind of I guess what I'm saying is they're doing more telling than showing, and showing's always strong and stronger than telling. You know, that's and what Echo did like not show well. Yeah, and exactly. So now they have to tell, character. and now they have to tell. Even She-Hulk, the new trailer they released at ConCon, they have a tease at the end of the trailer, which is them being like telling more than showing. They're like, look, you should watch this for this reason. 
and I feel oh, like yeah, MCU... that, what, a stu- what a stupid yeah what yeah. a stupid reveal yeah and I feel like MCU phase one two three felt so organic and was so smooth because I guess relatively speaking it was simple um, that now that they're getting into full comic book craziness which again is great that they're able to bring audiences along I've said this many times on the show but they're able to bring audiences along for that ride and get them to actually understand what's going on um, but it's starting to seem like they're not getting them to understand what's going on they're telling them what's going on and then part of the reason they're not getting them to understand is they're they're speed running through it and everything's super short so you don't get time for things to breathe to organically reach the point where you would care but to Marvel's credit, if they take too long with these things, maybe people won't care and will fall off. So they're walking a weird tightrope right now where they're trying to like – they know they can get people to invest in 28 two-hour long stories. They're still, I think, not sure, maybe rightfully so, if they can get people to invest in six to eight-hour long stories, 17 of them in the next three years. So, you know, with the shows and everything. So I get it's not an easy tightrope to walk. It just feels very messy to me right now compared to how smooth Infinity – uh, saga felt is there anything so. on that they announced that you are excited about oh yeah, yeah. i think um well ant-man's always kind of fun in a cheesy way so i'm looking forward to quantumania um i think i've heard i read somewhere saw some area that secret invasion which is the colby smolders fronted one um which is a tv show it's supposed to be like a kind of a, like more grounded darker mcu project so i'm kind of curious what that looks like obviously i totally Guardians. forgot that secret invasion was gonna be a thing yeah, yeah, it's a TV show next spring. Um, obviously, Guardians Volume Three comes out on my birthday, actually. Um, but I apparently from people I have do a friend. Go see that one uh, together. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Why not? Angel, Angel, you down to see Guardians Three on my birthday or around my birthday? Oh, I was asking Angel. I wasn't asking you. Oh wow. Okay, I'm down. <laughs> right. Well, have fun on my birthday. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you how it is. Yeah, you'll yeah, probably have dinner with your girlfriend, anyways. Yeah, but maybe yeah, don't you watch them with your. I, well, yeah, we watched some Marvel stuff together, but like it's more the merrier for my birthday. All right, fine, whatever. You guys have each other, but um, actually the Marvels, I'm really looking forward to because I really had, like I said, Miss Marvel is a character I really liked. It was just that middle episodes. Um, yeah, that those are the ones. Oh that jump yeah, out at me. you you to understand the Marvels, you also Easy must have seen WandaVision. Yes. I totally yes. forgot about that. Yep. Jesus. So and and that, and that's the thing is like it's becoming it was so easy in the Infinity Saga. Like if Black Panther, if you didn't see Black Panther, that's fine. He showed up in Avengers and you're like, "Oh, there's Black Panther." Done. But there's going to be stuff you don't fully know unless you see all the other stuff. So I get why Marvel's why this feels sloppy is they don't know how to walk that line. No, you know, it's all new territory, but it it feels sloppy. It just feels sloppy. I don't know. I am curious about Thunderbolts as well, which is going to be a movie based entirely, it seems like, off the teasers of the TV shows. So that will be – like the stingers of the TV shows. So that will be interesting. May Actually, maybe it ties into New World Order, the next Captain America. I'm not sure. But yeah. So there's just a lot of craziness right now. It's just like – yeah. I don't know. It goes back to the show-don't-tell thing, I think. So we'll see what it unfolds into. But um, just coming out of Comic-Con, like seeing all that news, I was just like, that's a lot. And I'll watch it all, but like I don't have the same sort of drive as I did. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about a uh, DC real quick. They uh, showed yep. Shazam and Black Adam. Black Adam. All right, let's wrap it up. Nothing <laughs> to say about those two. Um. Oh, I, one more piece of DC news breaking as of this recording: Super Pets oh, is becoming an expanded universe. There you go. There's actually some breaking news that I actually saw that was kind of relevant to what we were talking about. Was it Super Pets becoming expanded? I, I use breaking news loosely. That broke like 10 hours ago. 
Now, uh, I mean, I'm yeah. happy for Sorry. Kevin Hart and The Rock to have more time to work with each other. Seem like a seem like genuine <laughs> friends. Would you say they're a dynamic duo to keep it in the DC par- uh, parlance? I don't know if I would call them a dynamic duo, but they seem like like good buddies. Like I feel like it. I mean, have I seen a movie with both of them? I was about to say like I feel like they're f- the supposed friendship that I'm assuming is real seems to kind of translate to film, but I guess I wouldn't know. What an endorsement. I think they're friends, <laughs> and I think that friendship, should it be real, translates well to a film I have yet not, I have yet to see. I've, it's funny because I've seen they're definitely a lot the of behind... Because I've seen a lot of behind-the-scenes footage of just both of them. Oh, yeah, like at the press junkets stuff. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Rock like and Matane, like, Kevin yeah, Hart. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. they're Jumanji, right? Oh, yeah. They're Jumanji. Yeah, they're, they're in the... Those Jumanji movies. Wait, The Rock's in Jumanji? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is, of course. Yeah. Wow. It's the jungle, so... He's also in Jungle Cruise, which is super confusing. So, he's in two Jungle movies that came out like a year apart. But... Yeah. Anyway, I think with that, we might be done. It was a pretty stacked episode because Comic-Con. Was there anything you guys wanted to talk about before we wrap it up? Hmm. No, I think it covered everything. I mean, yeah. Comic-Con is a little bit of everything. It is. Oh, I, I do. I will save it for next episode. Hmm. But uh, I'll save it for next episode. Oh, I'll no, you got to do the sting. <laughs> Mar- end it like a Marvel show. Give us the stinger. Give us the tease. Um, Let's just say a piece of media recently moved me to tears. And if you all find out, everyone out there, what that piece of media is and just how many tears Kevin shed, you can – Check out our next episode. Make sure you don't miss it by uh, subscribing to us on all the podcast apps. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music. Our YouTube is RamNintendo.com. Um, we're also on Twitter, at RamNintendo. We're individually on Twitter. I'm JSR7. Kevin is KVN Gomi. Angel is Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. I think that's all the bookkeeping, all the house notes. Um uh, who wants final word? Someone just shout it out. I think out. I did it last time. Angel, final word. Therefore, <laughs> <laughs>